Well, good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to Ongakadu, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of December 30th, 2022. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And Luna. Hello, everyone. Ginky. Oh, Ginky, indeed. And Happy New Year's, you guys. It's uh, pretty much by the time this airs, it'll be 2023. Omedetto! I hope everyone has a better New Year's than I will. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm working, so <laughs> I'm working too. Same. So. Yep. It's just going to be a standard work week for me. It's like I don't get any time off or anything. Time off starting I mean, tomorrow. I, I deal with this every day of my life. What, like, so for example, so I had a fr- I have a friend visiting in February, and the dates that they they ended up picking out i was like oh, okay let me go try to get those days off not thinking that it was president's day weekend and because i don't know when holidays are anymore because i just think of it as a normal day all the hotels were packed <laughs> whoops i'm just like i don't know <laughs> i'm like this is a great example of just me not being aware of holidays anymore <laughs> I- i'm slowly getting there because it just the the industry I'm in, it's like there's no such thing as a holiday. It's like <laughs> it's like oh we're open, so you know you got to be here. It's like yeah, well, yeah. Unfortunately, food and beverage and travel is one of the things that needs to be open twenty four seven. Yep, and I don't blame people. Like when I wasn't in the industry, you know, I, it just wasn't something I thought about. But now that I'm in it, I'm like oh man, but it's okay. I hope this. everyone out there has a safe. Happy I've known, the, known this for years, my friend. I was I was built in it. <laughs> but yeah, if anything, have you guys been? I know, I know. I'm not gonna ask what you've been listening to because we're gonna probably delve right into this right now. But overall, you guys been good? How did you? How did you guys think of the wonderful year that was 2022? <laughs> I mean, it was it was good. I I don't really know what to say i mean i think it was a solid year in general for for me 2022 had a rocky start sort of i remember there wasn't a whole lot coming out in january and february that was really clicking with me uh but things started to turn around in march and you know it's been a solid year you know once march came around and uh, it's been a pretty good and i I thought it was a stronger year, you know, upon reflection, it was actually a stronger year than I thought it, I initially thought it was because when we were calling our our songs for the year, I was like, oh, the song, the song, the song, the song, the song. So it wound up being, um, I think, a pretty productive year overall. Sorry. It's funny you say that because I equivalent how for, for the Japanese music industry and the gaming industry very very close in general because overall 2020 year uh, 2022 for both um industries was very very good not thinking that it was going to be memorable in any other way yeah i could see that because especially like early january and february there wasn't a whole lot especially like video games that i can really think of that was really making waves and it wasn't until maybe spring like you really started having like the heavy hitters drop for video games i mean it was when elden ring came out yeah so <laughs> oh yeah that was in what february i think in the february 
Yes. Yeah. But regardless, with that, you know, as per tradition of what we do here, as our end of the year podcast, not only do we talk about the music industry overall and what charted it, but we also go into we also go into what is our top songs of the year. But before we do that, let's kind of see what sold overall for the year of 2022. And this is a couple of very interesting things. You know, if you think of the music industry and what actually came out overall. And this was probably the biggest year for Johnny's in a long time. You know, we, we, we've been saying this ever since we started the podcast, ever since uh, she announced their retirement or their their hiatus and I'm gonna be careful with that because everyone keeps bugging me but in all in all for their hiatus this is probably the best year for Johnny's that ever happened and I think we're all in agreement of that of that statement right yes yeah. oh yeah it, definitely I I will say this is one of their best and strongest years this year yeah, it, it like man, you know, if they were on Apple Music, I could think of like two or three songs that probably be in my top five, but just simply because they're not that readily accessible uh, to me, I they're like they're still not in my top fives. But I mean, you, you talk about just some of their songs that they've had come out this year. I mean, they've had a fantastic year, and. I was a little worried about Johnny's when they, you know, especially when Alashi, you know, announced that they were retiring. I was wondering, like, what the future of Johnny's would look like. Uh, but, I mean, so far, I've been really happy with, you know, like, the post-Alashi era what's, of Johnny's. What's, what's funny you say that, but, but by the time that Alashi had announced their, you know, hiatus, you know, King and Prince was already kind of buying for that crown, so to speak. And... This was probably the biggest year for you, I guess for us in general, because this was the year that it finally clicked of what makes pretty much all of these groups that, for Johnny's anyway, with their junior groups, for their debuts over the last couple of years, really clicked. Because I think it took about a year or two for Snowman and Stones to really kind of find their groove. And now that they're found their group they're firing on all cylinders and then king and prince they they have a rare miss here and there but i want to say 80 percent of their releases have been really really solid i really think the king and prince misses are more from the fact that they're trying to this is my personal opinion obviously but i feel like they're just trying to like placate the market if that makes any sense like they know that well, there is a demand for some stuff and so they'll 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 be like okay we'll we'll do a a pop and lock sort of i don't think that's their strength but I, for, you know, for they'll me, do it i agree with that wholeheartedly because of the fact that i think for a while now they are probably going to be matching releases to their junior groups because they, they are the senpai now. They, they, they are the senpai between all these junior groups that are popping out. And the closest one to that matter is Nani Niwadanchi. And 
if Nani Wadanchi is going to be mostly doing Johnny style releases, you don't need King and Prince to do a Johnny style release for that for that release that is nearby them because you don't want to placate the market. <laughs> so have them experiment a bit more, which is good because they need to do that. All these groups need to be able to do that one or two song to kind of express themselves, so to speak. Also, you know, it's it's the experimentation in which they grow. You know, if they're not taking risk, if they're not trying different things or doing different things, you know, they're stagnating and they're not growing. Yes. So, yes, you know, they which, is, they... which is a point that I've made countless times for every artist. So, but yeah, with that, let's kind of break down into the singles here. And, you know, for the top singles of the year, if... <laughs> If I didn't tell you what it was, what would you have honestly thought the top single was for this year? Uh, I, that's a good question. I think it'd be one of the Snowman songs. Was it... I'm trying to think of which one, though, because they had a couple that were very big, and they had a great year this year. Yeah. To be honest, I probably would have thought it was, it would have been one of the Snowman songs. I think it would have either been Brother Beat, I think Brother Beat was really, really good, or one of Eni's songs, which is, you know, it is what it is, but Eni sold very, very well, so there's no placating that. And uh... If, because, if I had to guess, yeah. sorry, uh, if, if I had to guess, I'd say maybe King and Prince with Loving You. Mm. Well, now that we kind of understand that, we now know what, what that top answer is. And it is technically, it is King and Prince, but it's Sukiyomi and Irodori. Now... Do you guys want to venture a guess of how well it sold? Total, I would probably say about over a million. Probably about 1.6. Uh, one. I, I agree with Luna. Over a million. Uh, 1.2 million, maybe. Okay, so for playing prices right, technically, Gray is closest. It's 1.0. 1.07 <laughs> it barely got over the million mark but it did pass a million it sold 1,075,311 copies and this is only over the course of a month and a half because Oricon stopped taking counts after a while and that's freaking phenomenal to it only sell that much in a month and a half is freaking bonkers I agree, and you saying that, the only real reason I ruled out Tsukiyomi is I wanted to say that because I noticed how well it sold these past, you know, the past couple months we've been talking about the Oricon, but I'm like, it's too new to really make the charts, but I also forgot the big amounts it sold and how long it was on there, so I'm not surprised, but I'm also very happy for them that within that short period of time, they sold that much. And it makes you wonder how much will they sell in total, and you know. I think it's going to reach double platinum. I think it's going to reach two mil. To be honest, at the end peak of its sell sales period, I wouldn't be surprised if it reaches double plat, which is two mil. 
Yeah, it's like it. I mean, it's in some ways it's believable, but in other ways, I, I, it's hard to wrap my mind around the fact that because like like that song just dropped, uh, and but uh, would is it safe to say that this that Suki Yomi and Irodori is their best release ever? No, I don't think this is their best release. This is probably their strongest release in a while. They haven't reached the million in a long time. That's why. But this is probably one of their most, their more better releases throughout the year, or just in general throughout their expansion. Because I think I do think Cinderella Girl sold as much, if not a tad bit more. Because remember when, when Cinderella Girl debuted, it was it debuted the week of, and it sold seven hundred thousand copies. So. <laughs> And you're giving it a, about a three-year period after that. I I easily think that it it had reached it. But if you're comparing it to date and date, yet yeah, fastest rate to get a mill, I think this is probably King and Prince's best-selling, in 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 terms of growth and and in terms of time period, this is probably their best-selling single, ever. Well, good job on them. You know, it's it's nice to see you know them killing it. The way that they did, you know, and to end 2022 on such a strong note, uh, it is, you know, it's very nice. Yeah. You know, for the the other two uh, singles that made the top three here, it is Orange Kiss and Brother Beat by Snowman. Orange Kiss got 935,000 copies and it was released in July. So that even grates the greater effect of how well Tsukiyomi sold. <laughs> It does, and that was going to be my guess for Snowman was Orange Kiss, because I do remember how well that did and how long we saw it on the charts. But then yeah, when we you saw see, it constantly. We did, but then you get, you know, once Tsukiyomi came out, it was just amazing to see how much more that sold in a shorter period of time. Now, I, I, I want to play a game here, because, you know, Nogizaka had a wonderful year this past year. They, they had three singles make the top ten, which is pretty much all of their singles that they released this past year. Now, if you want to venture a guess, what do you think is their top single this past year? Actually? It would be my guess. Actually sold the worst out of the three. <laughs> well. <laughs> it was technically Kimito You No Rakutaze sold the, the best at 678,000 with Kokoni Mono barely being under it at 653,000 actually sold only 587,000 copies at this point in time so the market was pretty ruled because the top 5 was King and Prince, Snowman and Nogizaka they took the top 5 those 3 artists for, for single sales only took the top five eeny came in at number six with uh call 911 and we are and as much as we love that those two songs uh the answer and sachi are by nanini wadanchi took number seven trace trace by king and prince took number nine and then happy surprise by nanini wadanchi took number 10 barely beating out midnight sun by jo one at number 11 now 
what was the other song that you have talked about that's on here AKB made it at 21 with Motokare Des and last but not least this is also a very surprising hit to hit this much and this high in a short amount of time it is Kickback Kickback got on number 25 selling 312,000 copies the more impressive part of that is it only had probably two weeks to sell that much and it made the top 25 (laughs) so that's that's very impressive overall now turning over to the album side you know the album sides it's fairly similar we have snowman here and then Nani Niwandanche at number two and Seventeen at number three. Their Snow Labo album sold gangbusters. And then we both saw, all, all three of us have saw how well they did. You guys want to venture a guess of how well they sold? 1.5 million? I want to go higher than that because that album has been topping the charts and it did very well. I'm, I'm going to say... Spoil- I'm going to spoil you guys both right here. It did not reach over a million. Really? It barely missed it. It's at 980,000 copies. Oh my god, it that's barely, it so bar- close. It barely missed it, but it, it's it sold so well for Snowman. For Snowman, who had a freaking phenomenal year overall. <laughs> you know, not only that... 17's on here twice for the top 10 because they their first EP their first Japanese EP is on here and their fourth Korean album is also on here so they're taking sales from both because the Korean market was also very very tied. One of the very interesting remarks here is because of the fact that that uh, Ado's Uta no Uta actually released as an album compared to the a single it's in the album list and it's sold at number 10 so that's amazing i think if it was if it sold as a single i think it would be much higher i think we would have probably saw it in number 10 oh i'm glad to see auto make it on there yeah there are some very interesting things here but this is basically japanese style but Mr. Children's, their best of albums both came on here as well, so which is very, very good as well. So. But, lastly, I kind of just want to talk about the digital singles here. And, what did you think topped the digital market for singles? This is per song now, not single single, per song. What do you think was the top song of the digital market for 2022? I think I'm going to have to say Tsukiyomi again for King and Prince. You say that, but remember, Johnny does not play digital. Oh, shoot. You're right. Okay, let me rethink my my answer. I'm going to cheat a bit and say technically it's a song from last year, but because of its relevancy this year, it stuck out at the end. BTS, the McDonald's song. No, butter. No, no. no it was I don't not. think it's butter. It's it's not butter. As as wild as that song did. 
song from last year. You guys are gonna really just bump your heads and say, "Oh, I'm so stupid when you when I tell you this." Yeah, I was looking up the soundtrack for the One Piece film Red because I know Otto does Gangbusters on the digital. So I was thinking maybe it might be one of the songs from One Piece film Red, uh, like New Genesis or something. But I know that's not from this year, so or that's not from last year, so. Uh... Yeah, I'm probably gonna be like, duh. I I can think of maybe a couple artists it could be, but I can't think of what songs. I have an idea. It is Zankyo Zanka by Imer. <laughs> Did I, I just hear a... you just hit your head? <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I hit my hand in the couch because I thought, of course, because of Yaiba. Yaiba was still going on this year, and yeah. this was the song that oh. was that rose in prominence. Ironically, all five songs of the top five was related to an anime. Now, I won't tell you where Otto put, but what do you think she put in? <laughs> Probably two if she wasn't one. I say it's three. Luna, you are correct. She is at number three. Now think of another anime that relatively rised in popularity, and what was the song that was attached to that? And oh, that, it's probably Kickback by me... Yunezu Kenshi. I was... Oh, I was thinking maybe Mixed Nuts by Official Hige Dondism, because Spy Family was Ooh, effing huge. That's a good one, too. Gray, you are correct. It is Mixed Nuts at number two. Yes. Kickback. Yes. Kickback took number four. Now, okay. this is how close the race was. Mixed Nuts barely bit Otto by 4,000 copies. <laughs> wow. That's a tough race. I mean, there were a lot of big shows, and a lot of these artists tied to them really gained some recognition. Yeah, that's a re really tight. Last but not least, number five was um, Sakuna Yume. All, all five songs of this past year was related to anime. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I mean, if you look at the popularity and how a lot of these have risen in general, not just in Japan, but across the, the everywhere, I, I you know... I'm not surprised. And just Yaiba, now, Spy Family, Chainsaw Man have been humongous lately. It's been a good year. Now, lastly, let's let's go to our our favorite um, favorite chart of all time, which is the overall charts. Now, this is streaming and physical. This will be the last thing we cover before we go into our list here. So, I just want you to think, what songs were released that you think took number one overall and i'll give you a hint technically this song released last year it's not the same hint i gave for the previous one so just just think of that <laughs> it's not the same song i will say that <laughs> however it is related to an anime I should do this more often. It's fun. 
I, you got me really thinking about this because it's a song that was technically le- released last year, but it is the one that sold both top between digital and physical, correct? Yes. This is the end-all, be-all for uh, single rankings. And it's single rankings, and that, that rules out One Piece Auto because that was an album. Yes. I think if I were to look at the albums, I think it would be Auto. I'll do that just slightly after this. But just think, there was a series that came out that both of you saw. I, I, I think you saw it, Gray. I'm not too sure. But I know you saw it, Luna, because you were telling me about it. Uh, oh boy. Now I'm trying to think what I watched that came out last year. Uh, this year. This year. This year that the, I even... The, the project that it's related to came out this year. It's an anime that I don't watch. That 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 doesn't really help you guys because I don't want to. No, because I'm trying to think of what new one would have come out this year that I watched because I haven't watched anything from 2022. Technically, it was a Gaiden. If that Sayuki, helps you. it was it wasn't Sayuki. Sayuki. <sighs> it was a prequel. That it, this mo- that this movie was related to. Oh, oh Jujutsu Kaisen. Yes. Now, what I didn't song watch was it yet. related? Oh, what Zero by King New? Yes, it was King News. I didn't watch uh, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero yet, but I just pre-ordered it because I did watch it the was show. A, the song isn't Zero. It's Ichizu and Sakuna Yume. Yeah, it's Sakuna Yume. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot how popular that, but, that movie was. I missed yeah, it, well, and I'm so know. sad. I don't know. The show uh, did was you great. watch it, Gray? Uh, did you watch it, Gray? I've not seen the movie, but I, I read the the manga chapters that that the that the story's adapting. So I know what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's. I would say that particular story is sad, but I I don't find the show to be sad at all. But I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm dead inside. I, no, I, I love the that. show though. Like like Jujutsu Kaisen's <laughs> now, amazing. What do you think it's sold total? <laughs> it did sell over a million, and it is one point whatever number you think it is. It's not a zero, so it sold more than even the King Prince. <laughs> I'll say one point three. One point five. Luna, technically, you are the closest. It is 1.45 million copies, or total listens. That includes sales and streaming. So, there's that. (laughs) Wow. Now, number two and number three, I think you guys can probably guess what was the top for two and three. Just got to think about it. What was the singles? Ironically, the song that this was released, it was released last year, but the, the proper release of this single was this year. Very interesting. I would say it's that Imer song whose name is escaping me and then Mixed Nuts by Official mm-hmm. Yadondism. You mean Zankyo Zanka? That, that's it. Yes, Zanko Zanka. You're going to have to know it because I'm pretty sure she's going to sing it for the co-op. Oh, she will. <laughs> 
Well, I'll write no it down doubt. at that at that point in time and not trying to recall it from memory. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be fine. So it's Ankyo Sanka and Asaga Kudu by Aimer and Mixed Nuts by Official Hige. Barely, Aimer barely beating out Mixed Nuts once again by 30,000 copies. So. And at number four, it is King and Prince with Tsukiyomi and Itodori. BTS finally came up here at number five with with Butter, which is <laughs> the the proper release of Butter, which is Permission to Dance. I'm not surprised. I mean, especially with the whole, you know, one of them went off to the military, so I'm sure that really helped push sales too. Well, but I think Permission to Dance was before they even announced they were going to go to the military. Yes, this was... it was, but also I think that just in general, like a lot of people buy things more when they announce it because one of them's already there. Mm. Or listen to it, because remember, the, the end-all be-all for the singles does include streaming as well. Yeah, and I know that's so... been a big hit in general, so. But, yeah, with that, let's shiftly go over the albums because I, kn- I told you that I would find out what what point Otto made Otto made number three overall so which is all very impressive so Snowman with Snow Labu took number one again and First Love by Nani Niwandanji took number two so it's very impressive to see mm. what was trending this year and it's good to kind of see how you know overall for the artists kind of interesting to see that snowman is pretty much going to be the top at this point for for male artists for sales overall for sales overall it was bts snowman and king and prince and i know this is going to be a contention for you gray because one of your last your your last questions or predictions i'm going to spoil it here was that AKB was going to be the top seller. AKB is nowhere on this list. <laughs> no. AKB is nowhere on, nowhere on this list. Um, the top the top sellers, I'm going to go by the number five, is BTS, Snowman, King and Prince, Stones, and Nokisaka. Nanini Wandanji barely missed out from the top five by about 200,000 so Otto pretty much almost came in as well Odyssey is still on this list as well because of all their DVDs and stuff Kaito sold their bet their best single was Kaito which is pretty much understandable (laughs) and official Hige is also on this on this list at number 10 so with mixed nuts being their top telling song so overall this was a very interesting year for the Oricon and we congratulate all the artists that kind of make it on here and we look forward to what the year has for 2023 i think we should also put this in our predictions list for next year who's going to be the top selling single and album i think we should put that as a prediction just just in general because it'll be it'll be fun to see at the end who actually got it 
I agree. I think that's actually a really good, good thing to add to the list. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see where where our headspace is at and where we think the industry might go. Yes, yes, yes. But with that, let's continue on to our top songs and artists of the year for 2022. Now, to preference, this song, these songs, all the top songs, our usual top five and our honorable mentions, have to be songs that were released in 2022. It has to have a physical release as well. So it can't be a song that was released digitally last year and then make it over to this year. Can't be that way. Or it can't be a song that was digitally released this year, but is going to be an album for next year. It can't be that. So just to clarify what the rules were, that's what it is. So with that, let's start with you, Gray, about your honorable mentions before we kind of continue on down here. Yeah, so this was a really interesting year, and it was upon reflection, you know, that I really was like, man, this has really had a diverse year of like some really interesting stuff uh you know there was some groups that i think i was listening to like in the background and stuff uh it was like i'm still a huge white jam fan and their song mirror dropped this year and i really love it and definitely recommend that uh he not does zaka 46 had a pretty solid year overall and i really loved boku nanka I thought that was a fun song, and I listened to that one a little bit throughout the year. I loved Goes On by Jung Kun Suk. It was a really good song. I was really high on it when it released. I didn't listen to it as much as my top five, so it didn't make that. But it's still a really good song. I highly recommend it. If you have the chance, go check it out. Showtime featuring Aklo by Ali is amazing. And it it was really close being in my top five. I really liked it. There's like two or three songs that really, man, it was it was almost in my top five. And Showtime featuring Aklo by Ali is one of them. That is just such a fun track. I really dug that. And it was nice to see Ali make a big splash comeback with that release. So that one was fun. Zetai Inspiration I really enjoyed. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was really good. And I, I listened to it a ton. So I really did wound, wound up enjoying that. And so, uh, you know, that was, like I said, the best SKE 48 song in years. And it, it almost made the list just for that reason alone. Uh, Chainsaw Blood by Vondi is one of those tracks. I, I fell in love with it at the end of this at the end of the year, but I, I didn't want to add it to my top five because it's one of those songs. There's like it's a song of the moment. I think overall, uh, it's not a song like I, I think I'm gonna like in the long term like really love. I mean, I might come back to it occasionally and stuff, but as it stands, I was like, eh, I, I really do like it. I think it's a lot of fun, but. I'm, I'm kind of souring on it a little bit the the further it goes. So, but 
I talked about a lot on the show, so I thought I should mention it here. Uh, growing up by Seven Order, uh, Seven Order had a pretty solid year overall. They, they had like that one release. Uh, it was okay. Uh, growing up was fantastic. I loved this release. It was another one that it was almost in my top five. But you know you can only put you only, you can only pick five songs, so you know this one kind of just fell out of that running a little bit. So it's kind of in my honorable mentions. Same with "Smile" by Buddies. I, I really like this release. I thought it was fantastic. I didn't listen to. I didn't go back and listen to it as much as I thought I would have. Uh, and so while I liked it, and I did want to talk about it a little bit, I, I didn't feel. Like it, it belonged in my top five, so it, it's in my honorable mentions. And last but not least is "See You" by Bish. Uh, Bish has had a fantastic year, and they've ha- released a lot of good songs. And I think "See You" is probably the best of those. And I wound up just kind of again. It was one of those where it was almost in my top five, but I, I it just kind of fell out a little bit, and I wanted to. I was more comfortable with the five that I picked than having CU in there. So, so that those are my honorable mentions, and hopefully, you know, like I said, there's a lot of good songs in mine. Uh, some of them I just wanted to give a shout out to, and a couple of these, man, they were so close to being in my top five, but I could only pick, you know, five. So. <laughs> Uh, sadly, you know, it's not the top eight. <laughs> if it's top eight, there'd be some more songs in this. But uh, as it stands, uh, yeah. So th- these are, like I said, a couple of songs that I really liked over the years, uh, over this past year. Yeah. You know, for, for me, just talking to you on how you went really hard on on Jungkook Sook's Go On, I was really surprised when I saw your complete list of your top five that this wasn't on here in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, because Guns On is really good. It's, it's a great, great song, but due to, I think it's partially just due to the nature of my job, I, I'm in need of higher energy music, if that makes sense. And if you look at my top five, you will notice that pattern hard. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I, so, I, I, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, due to the nature of my job, I just find myself listening to high-energy music, and Goes On is a beautiful song, but, it, you know, when I'm at work, it's not something I want to listen to, and so I'm, I find I found myself not really enjoying it. Or, or not, not, not Enjoying it is not the right word. I, I just didn't find myself listening to it as much as I, I liked it, so. And what about you, Luna? So some of my honorable mentions, a lot of them were very difficult because I could easily switch them out with my fifth one. And so I had, I actually have two Milia Kato songs on here because I thought she had a very good year despite not having an album. She had some solid singles. So I have Goodbye Darling and I have Wild and Free both on here. And Wild and Free could easily be switched out for my fifth one and was originally my fifth one at one point. Another one that I have that, Ken, you reminded me this one came out and it's Crystal K and Daichi Yamamoto with Gimme Some. And that was my summer banger that I had that was on all my summer playlists because that song is banging, literally. I just love the energy and I think Crystal K and Daichi 
Yamamoto make a very good collaboration. And I would love to hear them do another collab in the future. I also have Day and Night by Aimee, Emmy Maria, and Modesty Beats. I will say this made it on here because Emmy Maria started to come back this year and she did have some really good tracks. But Day and Night with Aimee and Modesty Beats with her, I think was such a good collaboration. Modesty Beats, who did the composition, and then Aimee and Emmy Maria collaborating on vocals. And I wasn't too familiar with Aimee, to be honest, but Day and Night really got me in this good vibe with its smooth energy. And just hearing Emmy Maria come back and be in her element made me very, very happy. You want a great R&B song. This one is so good, so smooth. I also have Unleash by Bandmaid in here. And Bandmaid has actually made my list of I'm, I love them now. And I, I've gotten very into them and for like harder rock metal, they're one of my go-tos and their Unleash EP was freaking fantastic. I do think Unleash was my favorite. That was my favorite track in that album. And I had that on repeat for quite a while. It wasn't quite top five worthy repeat, but whenever I feel in the mood for this style of music, Bandmaid's my go-to. And Unleash was definitely that go-to this year. And then Fakie had a phenomenal year this year with the release of their new album. And my story was absolutely beautiful. One of my favorite ballads. This was also one that was number five at some point and it got dropped off. And I, I felt like I didn't listen to it quite as much as my fifth one, but I love this track and it Honestly, it was a very difficult decision choosing my story by Fakie or my number five and trying to go off that because I, this song is just beautiful. I, and Ken knows you've heard me talk about Fakie's new album several times on the podcast since it's come out. And then we got Nonfiction by Ayumi Hamasaki, which came out earlier this year. This is my favorite song she released this year. Her newest one, I'm not as big a fan of just yet, but Nonfiction has a great beat. It's very befitting of her. I like that she changed it up than what she she's done in the last couple years. It reminded me of her Colors days with the style of music, which made me happy. And, you know, a little callback to her OG days, too. But it is a phenomenal release. I thought about this as my number five at some point or the other as well. And then Boa had her My Dear, which was released on her The Greatest album that came out in May. And hers was a difficult choice. It wouldn't be my top five, but some of her other tracks in The Greatest that came out, she did all these new renditions, and it was a big fight for that and her new song, The Greatest, along with my story. I mean, My Dear... But I think My Dear just had a nice feel to it. It was really cute. However, it just, I didn't listen to it as much. But nonetheless, a fantastic song. And I think Boa actually had a good year with with that release. And just coming back to the industry made me really happy. Yeah, you know, I was, like, like I said, I was very surprised that, you know... My story by Fiki wasn't on your top five and, and kept on there because I, as soon as I heard it, I was like, 
thinking to myself, Luna would have really, really loved this song. It was, <laughs> and this was a this was before when it first upon initial release, but I didn't think it would just barely miss out. I I thought it was for sure gonna be your at, at least at number five there, it, but and at one point it was. It so. was. It came close, and Semi Double by Simba featuring Cream was on there more than once and kept getting knocked off because I felt like since it's been out for three years. It wasn't mm. fair to have it on there, but it came out an album this year because it's never been released before on an yeah. album. So it was like one of those that it was like, what do I choose? And I loved My Story by Fakey. And there's so many of these that I loved and I almost wish we did a top 10, but I totally understand why, because, you know, you really need to narrow it to five. But it was a good year for music and looking at all the songs that came out and also the difficulty of choosing which to put in a top five, because my story by Fakey is fantastic and I do have some regrets why it's not my number five, but I do have some reasons why it didn't make it. However, I, I this was the, that was the hardest one to cut. Yeah, so I guess we'll move on to my here for a bit here. And, you know, this past year, honestly, I knew which ones were going to be on my top four. However, number five was going to be very difficult. And my honorable mentions could have been swapped in either way. But there was just one thing that was like just missing it to kind of stick that point of yeah this is my top song this is the, my top five song here but you know one of them was dude by polka dot stingray i think polka dot stingray you know you talk heard me talk about them especially when we covered the year end a lot i mean at one point in time they were my artists of the year and you know i think that Polka Dot Stingray had a very, very good 2022. A lot of my other friends who also like Polka Dot Stingray thought they had a phenomenal year. And Dude was one of those songs that I absolutely did love from them from this year. However, I just, I personally, if I had to compare it to my number five, there was just something just missing there. Another one is the one millimeter jazz version by Shomar. Now, Shomar this past year has been doing jazz covers and jazz versions of their songs of their previously released songs i figured that i should put them in an honorable mention because i do love what shomar is currently doing however because of the fact that this is a jazz cover version of a song i couldn't in good faith put a cover of their song on here i mean if it was a cover of another song that would be a totally different thing but because it's just a different rendition of their previously released song i couldn't in good faith put it on here uh, miriam is also an artist that i absolutely did love this past year you know she was my music corner and was one of probably the renaissances for my latest kicks of strong female vocalists who pretty much in their own ways sound tried to sound out very different from the market and one of those songs was even for me in the summer was one of those songs that really turned me on to Miriam or Miram and I could not in good faith put that because of the fact that as much as I love how Miram does especially with this song the overall tone of how I was feeling this year could not match number five and that's the same for Amyo's song as well with her album and then 
with the song from that album, which is 3636, you know, I absolutely loved I'm Young. I'm Young's releases this past year, as as critical as I was on, on a couple of her single releases, her album was really, really well, to the point that I debated on getting the vinyl version of it. And 3636 was probably one of those songs that I absolutely did love from that release. However, if we, like I said again, if we are going about tone of how I felt overall of 2022, this wasn't going to be that song. And same for my last honorable mention, which was Mizuki Hattori's Crusade song. She's a new artist that, you know, you guys probably haven't really heard me talk about, but she is an artist that I absolutely ended up loving with Crusade. She is, this is probably the pitch of me doing a music corner for her later on down the year of next year, but Crusade was one of those songs that really turned me on to her, and I was like, yeah, I absolutely love this song, but once again, if I had to do a tone, my number five song beats it nine times out of ten i was gonna say i i was surprised that there was um why am i think why am i i want to say tokimeki memorial <laughs> but <laughs> tokimeki i know Tokimeki records <laughs> yes. whatever i think of tokimeki i think of tokimeki memorial which is a dating sim game <laughs> so it, please hey, tokimeki, tokimeki memorial is a pretty damn good game though <laughs> yes it is and that's why i was thinking of it but i'm surprised tokimeki records didn't make your honorable mentions at least this year you know, overall they had a great year, but a lot of it is really relying on Hikari and a lot of their songs with specifically her composing style, I really did like. However, she really tried to beat the head out of the fact that she's going to make stars out of these vocalists who are here. And if Hikari wasn't really on there, it was gonna be a really difficult pill for me to swallow. And Hikari is the the vocalist of mine who we both absolutely love so and, and that makes sense i know you know you've talked about them a couple times lately and that was one of the big reasons i'm like oh i'm surprised they're not on here but i also get that to that point i'm also surprised mime isn't on here but i also i mean like with the list you have there you have some really solid ones on here for your honorable mentions yeah, for Mime, it was mostly because of the fact that as much as I love their songs that it released this past year, tonally, like, there is a specific tone of how I was feeling this past year, specifically. And it just, one way or another, it wasn't fitting of what I thought my top five would be. If this was a top 15, they probably would be number 11, to be honest. <laughs> But with that, let's continue on to our number five here. So, Gray, why don't you go first and talk about your fifth song, best song of 2022. Yes, yeah, so for me, my number five song of the year wound up being Perfect by Octopath. So this was really a big turning point for me with Octopath. Uh, this was their second release, their first being It's a Bop, and I, I never liked It's a Bop. I, I just, it never quite landed with me, and I had kind of forgotten about Octopath, and then they dropped Perfect, and I did, I, this song 
really just swept me up and caught me off guard. And I wound up loving it, falling in love with it. And, you know, I think it released it back in June. And it was one of those songs where after it released, I would keep coming back to it because it's like, you know, I, I just wanted something fun to pick me up at work that's like lighthearted, full of energy, uh, very catchy and perfect by Octopath hit all of those notes. It's so much fun. And I, I think this song works for what they're trying to do. I really liked it and really turned me into an Octopath fan. You know, I liked the release after that as well. Like is really good, but I, I like Perfect a bit more. So I chose Perfect. I thought this was a wonderful release and I, I think Octopath had a wonderful year. So this wound up being my number five for the year because like I said, it just, it, it just, it worked for me so well and I enjoyed it so much. And I, I think this really shows Octopath's ability to make a catchy tune and really work as a dance unit. So I am glad to see that Octopath made your top five great, and I'm also not surprised because I remember how much you really enjoyed Perfect, and I also remember the first time we did listen to this. And it surprised me because I also despise it to Bob. And I I think Perfect is actually a great track. I think the only minor gripe I still have is the rap in it. But their vocals are great. And it just shows you that, the, that Octopath has a lot of talent within them when they do tracks like Perfect. Yeah, I could see the rap being a sticking point for some people. It... it doesn't bother me but I, I can see why it would bother some people and you, you're you're right Luna I also it's it's a bop is such a low bar I think it's mildly easy to beat because I, I'm just not certain what they were doing with that but I, I think you know they're, they're really perfect is about when they're finding their footing and what they kind of want to be and, and it really shows uh, and I'm really excited to see what they do next after like. So I, I hope 2023 is just as good as 2022 was. What did you think, Ken? Yes. Y yeah, you know, for since I heard this, I was like thinking to myself, where have I heard Ockpath before? And then I Im immediately clicked and I was like, it's the Bob guys. And I, I literally rolled my eyes when I found that out. And Sitting down, I was stretching this song in particular because I knew how Octopath was. And I actually kind of liked it. 90% uh, of the song was it was really working with me. They're a little bit too overgenic, and I kind of get that that's the main crux of this song because, you know, not everything's perfect, but, you know, as long as I have you with me, it's it's A-OK. -okay. That's pretty much the... <laughs> The, the crux of the theme of that song here but you know there's that rap that just does not sound like it matches tonally or just in general with this song that they're trying to put out here 
And that that's my only point of contention with this. And it's it's such a bad sticking point that I I get it. You want to use all your vocalists for this song. I get it. But could you have really toned down or made him that particular vocalist just not do his isms? Because I'm pretty sure he does this throughout a lot of their other songs. Cause I, I'm not too sure. Does he does does he do this in like as well? I want to say yes, but it's been a minute since I've listened to Like. I don't remember the rap in that. I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, if that's his his shtick, they really got to find a song that matches that much more better compared to what they did with Perfect. And that's my only crux for them. Overall, I enjoyed the song. I I. I perfectly understood what its its main point was and i got it i understood however that rap man <laughs> so like is a lot closer to a, i would say like a pop and lock ldh style song if that makes any sense so his rap works way better in like <laughs> yeah I, I would assume that it works much more better huh for, for that style, I would assume that it worked much better for yes. that style. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, it works pretty well, and it fits right in. You, you don't even... Uh, it, it smoothly transitions and like and stuff. It, I, I think you were out the week that they hit like on the charts. I, I might would recommend checking it out. It's pretty good. Mm. But with that, let's continue on to your number five here, Luna. So my number five is Ice Cream by Ana Takeuchi. And she was my music corner. And I got very, very into her ever since I started diving into all her music. And despite Ice Cream did come out last year, but this also came out this year on her latest album called Tickets, which is fantastic, by the way. So... This was where it, I drew the... I had a lot of trouble with my number five because Wild and Free, My Story, Semi Double were all big contenders in number five at one point or the other. And the main reason Ice Cream actually knocked out all of those is I listened to it way more, especially over the summer. This track was on repeat because it was so cute. It just had this fresh vibe to it i loved her quirky voice the melody it just was the type of cutesy track i really needed over the summer and spring so it did capture my heart i know it's not a track for everyone just because just how she utilizes her vocals at some points it feels like she's more talking than singing so i can easily see the off put for people and i mean are some of the other tracks that would have been five better songs yeah probably but i still love ice cream and i just i just can't help but smile and just want to sing along to it and it puts me in a really upbeat good mood yeah for me i i really liked ice cream you know when i was listening to it again i was like because overall this is this is our reintroduction to Anna Takeuchi, and while not being probably the 
strongest song for for her in her discography i think i really ended up loving ice cream upon the second listening and you know coming back to listening to your number for your top five i really enjoyed going back to ice cream and listening to it again i i fell in love with its cuteness so to speak <laughs> yeah this is a really cute song i, I think you're right ken and I, I remember this being i think i think this was my favorite Anna Takeuchi song when we covered her for nc uh there's just something charming and wonderful about it that really it's it's hard to put in words and as a rule of thumb we typically try not to look at music videos when we're covering these things but if you ever want good nightmare fuel ice cream by anataka uchi is a good one it is one of the weirdest music videos i've ever seen uh and tonally it does not match the song at all it's really weird but ice cream by anataka uchi by itself stands really good and it's just got this nice wonderful charm to it uh, Ana Takauchi's vocals are really good and uh, they just have this sweetness to them that really carries the song so I, I think this is a lovely pick and uh, I it was nice to hear it again Luna when you picked it what you talking about you never had ice cream in Wonderland before <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've never been to Wonderland, I, so... <laughs> I, I, I imagine this is what it is. <laughs> it's ice cream and candy and sweets all raining down from the sky. That's Wonderland. Yes. But yeah, with that, let's continue on to my number five here. And it would have to be Mars by Kobode. Now, you talk about tone and things like that. This... This song and this band overall really brought me back into the height of pop rock stages into my life. And Mars is really evident of that. Out of the Gun, it's a track that kind of brings this energy that makes you instantly fall in love with it. Mixed with, you know, Takeru Sato's more youthful vocal style of singing, it really got me. And, you know, the best part of this song is... It's a really critical ride. It just clocks in under three minutes and it makes a really good impression of really wanting you to listen to more of his, their stuff. And this isn't even the main song of the album. And that's what really pulled me into, yeah, I'm probably going to talk about them so much more in the next year or so. And I really hope that they have a outstanding 2023 because if just a small sample that i've heard from 2022 has been absolutely phenomenal uh yeah when you, i was very interested when i saw this on your list because i was like I, I don't know who kobo ray is it's very interesting and uh when i listened to mars i was really blown away by it this was just such a really good track you're right it clocks in right under three minutes and it, it works for what it's trying to do. It, it feels like this nice retro throwback tune uh, that just really captures like this fun essence. And I, I really enjoyed this track. I, th I thought it was absolutely wonderful and amazing. And, you know, the past several weeks on the show, we've talked about how, you, you know, there's songs that have been coming out lately where they feel old and and what but this d does not feel like that it is very much like a, a nod and homage to you know an older style of music and i thought this was a lot of fun and i think i think it being just under three makes it 
near perfect, really, and almost because it it knows how long it needs to stay, and and leave, and it goes out on a really good high note. So I, I thought this was fantastic, and just such a f- a lot of fun to listen to. And I'm hopefully we you know hopefully can I hope you pick them for MC because I would like to dig more into them. As much as I would, I have to wait till after yours because I don't want it to be tonally sounding fairly similar. Fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, so I'm I'm in the same boat. I have not heard of Copa Day before, and Mars is a real treat. I love the energy that Mars had, that pop rock feel, and it just... There, there were so many different things with it. It also back, brought me back to some of the... the about the time I used to listen to this style of rock, because I used to be into pop rock at one point, big time, and mainly male bands, than any more than anything. So I feel like Cobra Day really brought me back to those odd two thousand years of when I got really into pop rock, and they brought something. You know, the energy. I thought Takaro Sato's vocals were great. And I'm looking forward to actually checking out more of their music because after I listened to Mars, I just kept continuing to listen to them and I really enjoyed what I heard and I can totally see why it made your list and I'm hoping that we'll see more of them in 2023. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm just like really happy that you guys pretty much feel the same way of having that, that throwback style and instantly just understanding, but... Yeah, with that, let's continue on to your number four song, Kira. Gray, so why don't you go ahead? So, yeah, my number four track this year was a little hit that came out earlier in the year. It's called Santa Monica Lollipop by the Fantastics from Exile Tribe. So this is such a fun release that they did. And this was their first release of 2022. I, I think it came out in March but I'm guessing on that. It was springish time. It was around the spring. And they had other releases that dropped, like Escape, that I liked. But I always found myself coming back to Santa Monica Lollipop because this track is so much fun. It's cool. It just oozes this style. There's just something about it that really just draws the listener in. It's cool and just really just fun dance melody Uh, and i would love for the fantastics to release more songs in this style because they they nailed it so well with santa monica lollipop and i i just really enjoyed this release i thought it was just a ton of fun and just one of this was their best release of the year and i i really enjoyed it i think you know, the vocals work really good. The melody is just this fun dance number. It, it, there's this class to it that just, it just works in every way. And I absolutely loved it. What did you think about it, Luna? So I remember my initial listen. I was kind of half and half. I preferred the B-sides better at the time. But I was glad to go back and re-listen to Santa Monica Lollipop. I actually thought it was a really nice listen upon revisiting it. And I did change my tune and how I felt about it. I actually liked the 
just the vocals I thought were really great. And it had a nice melody. It wasn't pop and lock, but it still had a nice dance vibe. And I, I thought it was actually really fun. And I can totally see why you picked it and why you've been listening to it all year. Yeah, you know, I personally really enjoyed my time with this. You know, I missed the initial time where this release was on. And uh, you are right. It is March, by the way, <laughs> Great when this song was released. And I personally really liked it because of the fact that they really stepped out of their box without, you know, totally denying what they were originally and i really appreciate that they are at least trying to shake it up so to speak and granted you know i know for a fact that they don't they aren't going to stick with this style all too often i wish the other tribes exile tribe groups could try to mimic that in some way but i'm very interested that the fantastics was the one to do this first yeah, because it's it's a very interesting style, and honestly, this style I see coming more maybe from Generations and stuff, not necessarily and, Fantastics. And one point, one point of contention that you know I will have to drudge out a bit here for 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 going up against Perfect here. The rap actually matches this song, and this is a just similar uppity song, more dance song. But the the rap really matches for this particular song for Santa Monica Lollipop. Uh, yeah, and I I will say that one of the interesting things is the Fantastics don't have a ton of songs that have rap in it. You know, this is one of the few times that they've really had a rap break in in their songs. So which show which really shows that they are trusting their vocalists a whole lot more to try and do stuff outside of their norm which i absolutely love you know you know granted you know this is probably their best original song that they released this year i know you probably had something to say about choo choo train but <laughs> this is probably their best original song that they have released so so year. while i like choo choo train this is their best release of the year i, I, I yeah. it's just yeah. so good but yeah shall we move on to your number four here luna yeah so my number four could probably be interchanged with my number three, to be honest. Oh, man, this is hard. So I'm going to do my number four is I Just Want to Say by Mime. And I... Ab okay. <laughs> sorry, that threw me off. I'm so sorry. So I... I will say Mime, I think, for me, thank thank you to you, Ken, because I have been obsessed with them ever since you introduced me to them, and they've had a great year this year, and great digital singles, they just dropped a new mini album, which I found out today and just started listening to it, so that got me excited. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I chose I Just Want to Say by Mime, and it was a hard choice because, being honest, they had solid releases this year. But I w just want to say stood out to me out of most of them. The beat on there just has this funky, chill vibe. And it immediately hooks you in. As soon as you hear that track, you're just vibing to it. And there's something about it you just can't turn off. 
And on top of that, you got Hikari's smooth vocals that just fit the composition perfectly. And I think that's the reason I love it is you can jam out to this track, you can dance to it, you can chill to it. It just has this nice vibe that it puts me in a great mood. It also reminds me of like throwback to the 80s. And mm. I've been getting back into like that 80s vibe. And that's what mime really delivers for me. And I just want to say fits that so much. And I, I've had this one playing for quite some time. And I know it just released in August. But this was one that immediately caught my ear and... I, I'm just glad to see Mime has been doing so well since you brought them up to me with Cotton Shower and they, they've they just, he cut his vocals really make it, like you said. I mean, she stands out and just their beats and the music and what they represent. I just want to say has it all. Oh, yeah. You know, kind of taking in before you do, Gray, here. You know, with Mime, Mime... Mime is such a very special band to me, and it's it's interesting that you know overall that I I couldn't in good faith put them in any of the the list that I had because of the fact that you know it's gonna be like how my number four is where eventually I'll probably put a song by them in the top five no matter what and i kind of don't want to do that for two artists and this is the one of the other reasons why i didn't put mime in any of my my list this past year because of the fact that i think once i put them in it'll be very difficult to slot them out <laughs> in any way shape or form here and a lot of that is just how the connection of their composition and hikari's vocals just match so well and to the fact that, you know, this isn't a mime thing. This is more of a Hikari thing where I un I understand, like, the criticisms that I understand that mime gets is the criticisms that I give a lot of bands that don't really have that shape is that I don't think that mime could stand on their own without Hikari. They need Hikari more than Hikari needs them, <laughs> to be honest. And... It's kind of evident with, I just want to say, I love the composition work that they do, especially with the break in it. But he kind of takes that range full hold. I agree. Like, and that, that's the one thing you do notice about Mime. If you take Hikari out of the mix, yeah, they still have great compositions, but it still doesn't fill that void because she blends so well and she stands out. And you really do hear that, and I want to say, but I do like that you mentioned the break work because it's just, you know, there are certain little things you notice, like little nuances you notice, and I just want to say. Yes, yes. Now, I'm more interested on how you felt about this song, Gray, because this is, I mean, you've heard them in conversation about how me and Luna really ended up really liking mine. But this is the first real time that you sat down and listened to one of their songs. Uh, yeah. So you're, you're right. I was kind of familiar with them in passing. And so I, I was very interested to check this out. And I got to say, I just want to say is really good. Uh, this was a fun uh, listen. I, I really liked it. I thought the baseline in this worked really good. I, they, like 
I just want to say, because like this is the only song I've really heard by Mime, so I'm, I'm going to keep it to Mime. I'm going to keep it to this particular track and not Mime itself. Uh, but uh, mm. I just want to say it has this funky chill vibe that is, mm. you know, funk and chill are, are two things. In my mind, they don't go together, but they made it work for this track, and it sounds so cool. Uh, this is just such a fun track. It's chill, but it, I don't know, it's cool and it's fun. And like it, it gets your head bobbing, uh, even though it's kind of I, at a slower beats per minute. Yeah, so this 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 was another band that I was very interested in how you would take because of the fact that they have this this style that just it's really difficult to explain on paper what kind of makes them click, but I think you would really like their Bloom album. Um, I, I, I'm under, I'm really hesitant to understand which songs you'll like, but I think you'll really like their Bloom album. So, I, yeah, well, I will, I will tell you. I just want to say, it's turning into a quick favorite of mine. <laughs> I, 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 I do. I, I like this song a lot. Uh, it, it's, it's really good, and uh, I, I think this is fantastic. I can see why Luna's been. Uh, going back to the mime, uh, the mine on this one, and it, it just is fantastic. And I, I, I do, I, I like it's different too. It, it, it's it's like there's nothing. I'm certain there's other stuff out there qu- similar to this, but it, it's not your typical music. Not something I typically listen to. I'll say. And yeah, it's it's not something that you actively look out yes. for. Because honestly, this is my wheelhouse. This this. These type of artists are my wheelhouse, and then the fact that I just don't say anything because I I know how you and Luna would probably recept to each one of them, so it's really difficult to pick that battle, so to speak. <laughs> Maybe, but I, I think we're surprising you more and more uh, as the as the show goes mm. on because <laughs> there, there's been a mm. I can think of quite a few times where, where you're like I don't think you'd like them, and then it's like I wind up liking them anyways. And stuff. So, uh, you, you know, and like, uh, when th- there's one pick in particular that you picked, uh, that, that's uh, really made me, you know, uh, when, when we get to it, it's like made me start questioning some things because it just, it, it's really reminded me of like how much my taste has changed over the course of the show. Yeah. So, well, I mean, what we'll get yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. I don't want right to get now, too far ahead of unless it. You have, uh, uh, unless you have something to say about that, Luna. Not that I can think of. But yeah, I guess we'll go on to my number four here. And it is going to be, you know, Tendre with Have a Nice Day. I have to, I have to at least put one trap from Tendre from one of the years that he does. And while I do think his album uh, Prismatic, which was released back in September, is really, really good and actually fantastic. It really can't beat the attraction that I felt with Have a Nice Day. A lot of the composition for this song just works, and I think one of the reasons why we'll get to in a moment here why you probably really kind of got attracted to this is his sax work is absolutely phenomenal in this track. Like a lot of songs that I've chosen, it's the composition that he works with the instruments, especially with his sax, because he plays the sax. He, he's a, he understands music theory and how it works, and a lot of the instruments that he uses, he plays. So it's it's so phenomenal to hear that 
And how he implements that with the more electronica elements throughout the work is something I absolutely love. And while I do think his major label debut last year was a tad stronger in this year compared to, to stuff that was working into my rotation, I honestly think as long as Tendrick keeps true to himself, which he has been without any interference from any major record labels that have been doing with his works like have a nice day i think he'll have such a good 2023 and i lo really look forward to hearing that yeah this was an amazing release by tendre and i'm so glad you picked it ken because this song is really good the i couldn't i thought it was a sax but uh, the only thing I knew for certain is it was a brass instrument. So in my notes, I, I just have it as a brass instrument and not, not sax. Uh, because I, maybe it's a soprano because it just sounds like a little higher than, than what a traditional sax sounds mm -hmm. like to me. Uh, but it it sounds really good and, and I love it. And you're right. Uh, I do like the blend of like electronica and traditional music. Or, or traditional instruments in this, I think it works really well for what he's, you know, he's doing. I, I think this is a lot of fun, uh, and I, I I had a blast with this, and and it, and I remember when we covered him on the indie corner, I, I didn't like him, and go, you know, listening yep. to like have a nice day, I was like, why did I not like him? I, I don't know why, because this is really good. I think. Because of the fact that we were introduced to him such a haphazardly way, and he was still starting out from his solo work of this. I mean, he had a couple mini albums here and there, but the fact that is, his style really evolved literally six to seven months after we initially covered him. To the point that, like I said, you know, I ended up really liking Sign. Sign was the song that really turned me over to him. And, and I think that overall, if you were to pin a song that was it for for me, it would be signed. And I know because I covered I covered Peace last year, which also has a lot of good sacks and Life the year before, which is absolutely phenomenal. The year prior, which you also really loved. I mean, you know, like I said, I've always included a Tendre song every single year because of the fact that a lot of the stuff that he's been producing has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, and uh, man, it, it, it's I, I will say I've got to go back and, and listen to some more Tendre. I, I, I'm missing out. Uh, I, I think it's official, it's, especially because I do. I love sax. I, I, it's not a secret on the podcast in any way. I, I know it has a lot to do with the fact that I played sax in high school. And so that, that instrument has a very special place in my heart, but I, I did I, this, this is just, like I said, have a nice day is such a good track. Uh, and it's just, it's just, it's got this cool vibe to it. I, I did. I, I loved this. I, I thought it was fantastic. And uh, I, I need to. I need to go. I need to listen to more Tendre because I, I. I do. I feel like I'm missing out now. I, I. I am. I am suffering from deep FOMO. So I greatly enjoyed "Have a Nice Day" by Tendre, and I'm very glad you picked it. I love the composition and just what he brings to that industry, because as you listen to "Have a Nice Day," just 
listening to the music itself and taking out the vocals is very interesting and seeing what he brings to it. Then when you add his vocals into it, it just fits flawlessly either way. And I listened to it a couple times just to try to catch every little thing. I feel like there was a lot in Have a Nice Day, but everything flowed so well and just how the song was put together. I enjoyed that. And I also forgot that I had other songs from Prismatics on on there. I didn't have Have a Nice Day, so this was refreshing to go back and listen to it. I had the track featuring Amy on there. And Tender, I feel like, is always a treat. And I oh, and usually after we do the best of or when we talk about him, I go back and re-listen to what I've missed or a few older tracks. So I'm always glad when you include him because I do feel like he is a unique artist in the industry as he does switch it up and he brings in something different but also has this nice chill vibe with him and i i just like that i can flow and relax to his music no like i i'm i'm very happy about that to hear that from you and the fact that i i knew that the the ami song was gonna be on there you released there already because you know he's he's one of her closest collaborators as well so yeah and i love anything Tendre like collaborates with because it just turns to gold but then when you listen to solo music you realize that's also gold too yeah <laughs> but yeah with that let's continue on to your number three here so go right ahead there great yeah so for me I chose Magic of a Laugh by LOL as my number three song of the year uh, this was a song, it came out in August, if I remember correctly, as a digital release. And LOL had had a pretty quiet year for 2022. And I, I had been wondering what they've kind of been working behind the scenes and doing. And so they finally dropped Magic of a Laugh in August. And it, it was just it just blew my mind i absolutely loved this track to death uh this is a very different lol than what you have typically heard it's got a very interesting and unique style for them uh it's a it's a dance number it's very high energy dance but it's got like this jazz pop feel to it, it it's kind of hard to put in words uh, but it's so cool and it's just so good. I really love this track and I I've been listening to it on repeat ever since. Uh, they physically released this with their release of their Amber album, which came out in September. And uh, I've enjoyed the Amber album, but my favorite track on it is still Magic of a Laugh. Like it's so good. It's so wonderful. Uh, I would have liked a, a rap from Honoka, but as it stands, it doesn't need it. The song is fantastic without it, so it just is so good. And like I said, it's pretty different than what LOL typically does. And for that, it just made it really stand out in my mind. I, I loved this track to death, and uh, I really loved it. I'd love for them to do more jazz infused style songs like this in the future maybe i don't know if they will or not 
But it, this song does show that LOL is willing to experiment and do something a little different. And I think Magic of a Laugh just it hits all the right notes. Uh, and this is such a fun track to listen to. What did you think about it, Luna? I I honestly really enjoyed Magic of a Laugh. And it's been a while since I've listened to LOL. I stepped away from them after... I'm trying to think it's probably been a good while. I do re-listen to like Xmas Kiss and a lot of songs off their LML album. But hearing Magic of a Laugh was a breath of fresh air because they really changed their style and it wasn't a track I expected from them. And I liked that because I felt, you know, a couple, the first couple albums really had the same sounds and they weren't progressing as artists, I felt in a way. So I took a step back and coming back to Magic of a Laugh was a really nice treat because they definitely are progressing as artists and changing it up and showing that they're not just a one trick pony that they're going to do the same thing. And I'm glad to see that, seeing them evolve. And in a way, I feel like we're growing with them because, Gray, you're such a big fan and I can always count on you to put LOL on the list. So it's nice to see their progression through all these years and when you introduce them to all of us until now. And I think Magic of a Laugh is a, a great way to hear that. I love the the energy that it brings, the the instruments they use. I I just like the melody. I mean, there's so many things I greatly enjoyed about this. And it it made me excited to listen to the rest of their new album. I started to, but I haven't got that far, but I'm glad they're back and changing it up. Yeah, I've listened to Amber a few times, and uh, like I said, I I need to listen to it a few more times because, man, sometimes at work, like there's so much going on, like even though it's like in my ears, like I, I, I it's hard for me to focus on it, and so like I'll be listening to it and missing it at the same time and stuff. It's just the nature of my work, uh, so I I need to listen to Amber a few more times, but I, I still think Magic of a Laugh. It's probably their most unique song on that album. From what I remember, a lot of that album is very traditional LOL. That that that's a way you could think about it. Uh, So Magic of a Laugh does show that they're willing to step out, but they don't do it too often. Um, But I think they should do it a bit more, especially, you know, if you're going to get more tracks like Magic of a Laugh, like it it works so well. but yeah, uh, I'll probably listen to Amber a little bit more this weekend. So, what did you think about it, Ken? I, honestly, this is probably <laughs> this is probably LOL's. My, this is my favorite song by them, and this is uh, it's really difficult to pin uh, a particular reason why. And I think I think majority of it is because of the fact that. Like you just said, Luna, it doesn't sound like traditional LOL. And it really shows just how much growth they have gotten over the last couple of years. Ever since their introduction to to you, Gray. Because, we, we, you know, as much as I kept in touch with how LOL was, it wasn't until you, real, you really ended up loving them 
where I ended up having to pay attention. But, and it's, and I always thought that LOL was pretty decent. I've always thought, you know, they are just, you know, triple A ripoff. But if you do songs just like how Magic of a Laugh does, it really just shows how much they are escaping that shadow of it into just making them their own thing and to the point that I'm going to start any groups that are just multi-gendered vocal groups like this now obviously AAA ain't going to be relevant anymore from here on out for a bit it's going to be LOL ripoffs at this point now yeah I was wondering uh, I was wondering if you do you, do you think LOL will be the standard you know for a um... Uh, co-ed group you give it a couple years and I think the trajectory that they're going on and if AAA does not come back I think that LOL is going to be you know that standard bear that standard that standard of where other groups are going to be especially if they're coming from AVEX are going to be obviously compared to to lol now yeah and you know it it is nice to see them grow and and kind of come out of that shadow of triple a especially because triple a isn't around anymore and honestly it's looking like they're they're not coming back uh which stinks but you know it is what it is but uh yeah this and i i will say you know of of my list this is the last song that came out and and Luna, it it, it got kind of close for there not being an LOL song on this list. I, I will be honest, because uh, it, it's like I said, I I just like they just hadn't had much, and then you know, my, like I said, Magic of a Laugh really changed it for me. So, uh, and and I loved it so much, it popped up to number three uh, easily, and really, you know, on, on the right day, it could it could be number two. Uh, just, I, I love this song so much. It's so good. Well, I'm glad you picked that. And I guess from there, we'll go on to my number three. So don't worry, I'm not pulling another fast one or you're all going to get confused again. So my number three, like I said, could be interchangeable. My number four. And my number three is Kimi ni Furete Tokikara by Nissi. And... Nissi is an artist who I fell in love with for the past couple years. And he's had some great releases. And Kimi ni Furete Tokikara is one of my favorites. And it is on his Hocus Pocus 3 album that came out in May. Which is amazing. So I recommend checking it out. And I just feel Kimi ni Furete Tokikara just has this beautiful melody. Nissi's vocals flow so well with it and it is just absolutely beautiful and the first time I heard it I actually got very emotional and just it just moved me the heartful lyrics the composition just everything about it I absolutely fell in love with and I have gone back to this several several times I've added it on playlist it's probably one of moved its way up to one of my top ballads and 
I I just love everything about it. And I cannot say enough about how much I do love Nissy. And I think his vocals are fantastic. They're so smooth. He knows how to hit the notes perfectly. And Kimini Fureta Tokikara does just that. And I, it's not my favorite song by him, but it's getting up there. It's probably my number two. Yeah, I'm so glad you picked this song, Luna. This was such a treat to listen to. And, you, you know, I, I love AAA. Uh, and I, I will say it is a shame that I have not been listening or paying any attention to their solo work. Uh, and I need to correct that, especially Nissi, because he's so good. He's such a great vocalist. And Kimi ni Fureta Tokikara just really showcases that. It's such beautiful, sweet vocals to such a lovely and moving melody. Uh, this has just been an absolute treat to listen to and such a blast. Uh, I definitely need to check out that Hocus Pocus 3 album because uh, I, I am really digging this song. And I, Nissy is one of my, you know, I think he's probably one of the better vocalists in AAA. So I definitely want to check out more of his solo work at the very least. But uh, this is fantastic and just a, a huge treat for for me to, to check out. So I, I've got to correct the mistake that I'm making. I'm going to definitely be adding Hocus Pocus 3 to my library so I can listen to more Nissi because he is really killing it uh, in Kimi ni Fureta Toki Kara. Yeah, you know, for Kimi ni Fureta Toki Kara, it really changed my perspective on Nisi, to be honest, because I've always saw him as AAA. And the vocal work that he does in this particular track absolutely just floored me. And instantly, I, I found the song digitally and put the plus sign on it. Because of how just emotionally driven a lot of these, the, the song ended up being, I ended up really, really loving my time going through it. I'm, I'm glad you both enjoyed it because I will say this is one that did move me to tears just because like you said, Ken, it's a very emotionally driven song. And I think his vocal work plays such a key in it because you feel those emotions come out and not just the lyrics, but his voice as well. Yeah, no, it's it's something that for for me that I really appreciate. And it was probably one of the bigger surprises uh, that along with both of your guys' number number threes here really just took me by surprise <laughs> of honestly of how I was thinking of these artists because just instantly I was floored. But with that, let's go to my number three, and I probably took you guys on a curveball with this one, right? <laughs> Oh yes, you did. But it was the best curveball of the, of ever. It was freaking fantastic. It, yeah, it was a good curveball. So, I liked it. I got hit in the face, so, but I enjoyed so, it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this song. So this is Yuki Kagero by Midori Oka. And if you remember, the first time we ever did the 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 Kohaku. There was someone making her debut on it, 
and it was of the name of Midori Oka, and I had instantly fell in love with her because this was the first time ever that we had a young, a younger Inca singer. You know, that isn't Kiyoshi Kawa here, and this was my first real introduction to Inca, you know, beside with, with Kiyoshi Kawa here, and I ended up really falling in love with her, and I regretted the fact that, you know, this is a very special track for me, because this is her first digitally released song for Inca, and that is a huge stride into the market. Not not taking aside what the song means to me, the fact that this song was digitally released for Inca means a whole lot. Now you see this, it's like the Johnny releases. Inca has always been bound to the physical realm, and the fact that they are slowly but surely cracking that egg to a digital age they have to because otherwise Inca is going to be lost. It's it's sad, but it is going to be lost art at this point. Now, I'm not sure if this is Oka's best track for Yuki Kagero, but this will be a special track because this will be the first song that I've quote-unquote owned by her. And taking a look at this track overall, it's very simple. It's It has very quite nice modernism to the genre modernisms to the genre that you see such as having an electric guitar play throughout and things like that but Oka's vocals really really shine through and as you know as a person that only listened to her work in the Kohaku this is still quite an accomplishment to hold because you can't really judge an artist comparatively to what they do live to what they do to a, a studio release and it still has that wow factor. And it's just something else that you guys gotta listen to. And while I did like her second digital release, which is uh, Benny, Benyana Koi Uta, that was released back in June, nothing will hold me like Yuki Kagero did. Yeah, this was a amazing track. Uh, Yuki Kagero sung masterfully by Midori Oka. I, it's one of those things just like I and every year you know we do the Kohaku like one of the highlights I know for me is you know we listen get to listen to the Inca because you know Inca doesn't show up on the Oricon and you know like you pointed out Ken there's not really a whole lot of it digitally so it it's makes it really hard to you know listen to it more and, and really become a fan of it uh, but every time you know we listen to it, it's like I really enjoy it, and I always is like, man, I, I wish it, there was digital so I can listen to it a lot more, because you know this is you know very Japanese and really makes the Japanese culture distinct and stand out from all the rest. So uh, I would love to see them embrace this digital side a lot more, because you know stuff you know this is fantastic. Uh, but Yuki uh, Kagero is just an amazing song, and I I loved it. I really liked the blending that they did of the the traditional instruments with the electric guitar. Uh, it's a nice subtle touch to it that just really gives it that extra modernism, 
as it were. And I, yeah. it does. It works really well for what they're trying to do. I, I thought this was fantastic and absolutely amazing. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this. And I'm glad to see she's adding stuff to the uh, Apple Musics. And hopefully they'll go back and add her back catalog eventually. That would be really nice. Yes. So I also greatly enjoyed Yuki Kagero. And this, like you said, took me for a curveball. But I did see when I saw Midori Yuko on here, I'm like, oh, uh, I can't say what I wanted to say. I almost said something else. I was like, oh my god. Wow, he put me to Ryoka. And I'm like, I didn't realize she had some digital stuff on Apple. So that got me really excited on top of that. And hearing Yuki Kagero, it is a simple track, but I, I love it. I like the modernisms. They added to it with electric guitar. I think Oka's voice is absolutely beautiful. And it was just such a delight to hear this. And I listened to this more than once. I just could not get over it. I also love the B-side Rebirth because I just kept listening to this the single as a whole. And just yes, 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 yes. Rebirth was gorgeous. Like both tracks, I hit the plus sign. I would honestly buy this whole single because it was fabulous. And I could not get enough of it. And like you said, the Benny Bana Koyuto is also really good, but Yuki Kagero as a whole just and Rebirth, like both those tracks were so good. I was just blown away and I hope she sings this on the Kohaku, but I also... Uh, she's not, she's not, she's, she's not no, this year, unfortunately. No. <laughs> I would love to see her sing this because... I, she, she she made her debut and that was it. She literally was like, "Yes, this is my grandma's wish to see me on the Kohaku." They did it and they never brought her back. I'm so sad because like I do love I love her vocals and I like that there are younger younger uh how do you say this younger people still doing enka and keeping it alive, but still keeping that modernism modernism to it to draw all ages in. And I think she does a great job of keeping it traditional vocal-wise, but also bringing the modernism in instrument-wise. And just her vocals alone just mesmerized me. And I honestly will be keeping an eye out to see if they start adding any more of her music on there, because I want more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, honestly, like I said... I knew this song was also going to be on my list, and this song was released way back in January of this year. <laughs> so, it was quite a surprise that overall that I absolutely fell in love with this song. And, you know, I I hit the plus sign on it initially because it was Midorioka, and I loved Midorioka. And I've every single year near the end of the year i always try to do this i always try to find her songs and listen to it so that i can have that feel because i knew she wasn't going to be on the kohaku and now that i'm so happy that her stuff is digital that we can do this so but with that let's go into our top two here so gray why don't you start us off here yeah so for me my number two song was uh Beyond Vanitas by Piping Hot. Uh, I, I absolutely fell in love with the song the first time I heard it. Uh, Piping Hot debuted, I think it was July. And I I really liked it. 
This was the only release that they put out this year, which I, I, I was deeply disappointed in because I'd love to hear more of Piping Hot. I, I thought this was really good. If you don't know Piping Hot, they are a faux boy group. So it's all girls, but they're, um, you know, they got the haircut short. They're, they have the persona of men uh, and they're, you know, they're that, that faux boy group thing. And I did. I, I love this song. It, it's just a lot of fun. Uh, it reminds me of like early V6 boy group, you know, that kind of era boy group stuff. And I did. I like it. I like the energy. I like the the melody behind this. I really feel like you know these girls dropped a really good release for their first track. Like I said, it was more disappointing that they didn't release anything else. Because I would love to have seen what they followed up uh, Beyond Venetus with. But as it stands, I had a blast with Beyond Venetus. I went back and listened to it, I don't know how many times. Uh, this was another one of those go-to pick-me-up-at-work sort of releases. And, you know, just hearing the energy in this song is just... When I'm, when I'm having a bad day, it's just one of those songs that really just picks me up. And I was able to really just it it's one of those songs that turns my mood from negative to a positive and i just like i said been listening to it ever since and i've just had an absolute blast with it and it's so much fun uh but what did you think about it luna so i can totally see why you like beyond vanitas by piping hot vanitas vanitas Venitas. Venitas. Beyond Venitas. Yeah. Yeah, beyond Venitas. 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 Okay. Beyond Venitas by Piping Hot. I can see why you enjoyed it. I I think I mean I can also see the relation to the earlier boy band type thing. I think it's a tad bit so for me it's way too energetic. But I see what they're going for and what they're trying to do. And since I'm really hit or miss on boy groups, it was overbearing for me. But I can <laughs> easily see where for someone else, they're going to greatly enjoy it because it brings a lot of energy to it. Yeah, so for me, unfortunately, these cross-dressing groups have shown up dime a dozen now. And I... Uh, I, I did enjoy the song. However, the thing is, I, I have to put on that gap again where I was like, okay, you've released this song. This is a good debut. However, you guys need to really find something, your niche to stand out because otherwise, you're just going to get lost in the shuffle. And, and that's and I'll be harshly more harder on on idol groups than anything else. And unfortunately, because this style has been growing in popularity over the last couple of years, it's hard not to bring this up again. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair criticism. Like I said, I would like to have seen what they've done with uh, another release uh, because like, this is their debut release. And it, it's one of those things that are, I, I think it was really good coming out of the gate with this. Uh, but it's hard to know what piping hot's going to become because this is it's like it's like beyond Venus and I think there was like one other song on that release 
that was and I liked it. It was really good, but I can't remember what it is at the, off the top of my head at the moment. But uh, it, like I said, I, I I thought this was a stellar release, and you know I they they had what number seven on the Oricon, which you know debuting uh, for an you know an idol group that's kind of like. I, I thought that was a pretty solid debut overall and stuff. And I, I was really looking forward to seeing what they did next. And I was very disappointed to see they never released anything else. So, but uh, like I, said, I understand the criticism. Uh, I can understand how they could be a bit overbearing for the, someone to, uh, especially if it's like, I, it's like as much as I love beyond Venus, I never listened to it at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so it's like, I, I get that much. Uh, so I understand. And with that, what about you, Luna? What is your second best song of 2022? So my second best song is Wings by Kodakumi. Big surprise, I have a Kodakumi song on there. As you know, she's had a pretty good year with her album Heart. And Wings was actually the one track that I fell in love with more than anything. And I mean, she started off strong. And I think she finished strong with her music, and Wings shows that. And this Wings is a, I would call it a softer ballad, both in melody and vocals, because Kodokumi can do has shown that she can do power ballads. She is great at those, and showing off her voice. And I love that Wings displays a that softer side when she does ballads like this, and I love it. I mean, her vocals are not overbearing she doesn't do anything strenuous which some songs she does and i do like that when she goes all out but wings fit with the tone of the melodies and she knows exactly how to tune her voice to the music and to me her ballads don't disappoint as she knows how she kodakumi is one of my artists who does some of the best ballads most of my ballads that i absolutely love are kodakumi and they always, she is my top favorite ballad song of all time. And Wings did not disappoint. And I am glad it didn't because it is just beautiful. I love every bit of it. It just shows how she's, what she's accomplished over time. She's been in the industry for over 20 years. This was her 21st going on 22nd year. And you can hear the experience she has. She knows how to tune everything, voice, music. And that plays a big role in, I think, why Wings is such a great track and why it really hit me. And I I still am absolutely love it and obsessed with it. And it is just beautiful. And she's not slowing down. And I am glad to see that she can still go strong and release release as many songs as she does and still keep these big hits like wings and just keep them all like solid fresh new and make me love her each year over yeah i mean for me this this probably is one of the more better songs that i've heard in a ballad type of tone for 2022 and it took me listening to your list luna to finally understand that and I absolutely loved Wings. While it will not dethrone Yume no Uta, which is my absolute favorite song by her, in in regular or otherwise for ballads, this 
will have to be a runners in the top five for me. And, and this was my first listen to this song was literally a week ago. And I absolutely had fell in love with Wings. Yeah, it made it into my top five as well upon immediate listen. I mean, You is my favorite. Then it's Yume no Uta. And Wings, I keep debating where I want to place it, but it really is one of those tracks that when you hear it, and despite being a, you know, following Kodokumi regularly or not, it really does grab you. Yeah, Wings is an amazing release, and I, I remember when it was first added to the Apple Music Store, I, I checked it out because I was looking into Kodokumi because at the time it was announced that she would be doing a collaboration for the opening theme for Geats, and I, I just I was like, I wonder what she's been kind of doing, and so I, I did like a search for her, and she had just dropped wings when she did that, and I, I checked it out, and I, I gotta say, this is an amazing song. Uh, this is really good, just really shows that, you know, Koda has uh, an amazing voice, and she really knows how to use it, uh, and she really knows how to crank out a ballad when she wants to, and I, I think Wings is absolutely amazing. Uh, in that regard, I think she really knocks it out of the park and it's just such an amazing and beautiful song. Uh, I, I absolutely loved it. I added it to my library uh, when I heard it and uh, I knew uh, it was going to be a big favorite for Luna. So I, I, I'm very happy that this is here and I am glad that we get to talk about it. Yeah, with that, let's move on to my number two song of the year. And it it was hard because honestly, I absolutely fell in love with this song within a couple of months upon its release. And it would have to be subtitled by official Higedandism. Now, I'm pretty sure you are thinking this, but... It's hard to believe that I am putting a official Hige done to some song. And it's not the song that everyone would think. You know, we just talked about it for the Oricon, how Mixed Nuts was grabbing everything in, in sight, in plain sight for sales and records. And probably everyone would think that Mixed Nuts would be the song that... If I were to choose an official Hige song, it would be Mixed Nuts. However... There is one little thing that I have to talk about before I kind of go into this. And it's it's probably tied to the biggest drama of the year for Japanese audiences. And that drama is called Silent. Now, I when I was in Japan, just a small story here, I had talked about our list, our Ongakugo stuff, and at that time, November's one dropped. And instantly the person saw the, the the person I was talking to instantly said, It's very interesting that you put subtitle on here. Is it because that you watch silent? And I had no idea what that person was talking about because of the fact that I did not know that it was tied to a drama in any other way. And that shows you how much this drama ended up just grabbing everyone because of the fact that it sold gangbusters and to the point that it attracted a lot of people to it 
the message and the composition that official Hige has done with this song is absolutely fantastic. And it's only close since I love, I think. I love is probably the closest thing to, to what this is. And the fact that they started moving on from clout chasing from pretenders is probably the best thing that they ever did. And I'm so happy that they did for that. And we are able to get songs like this occasionally. And it's a rare treat now. But I ended up really loving Subtitle. Yeah, no, I loved Subtitle by Official Hige Dandas. And this is a really good release. And like you said, I, I didn't realize, you know, this was tied to uh, a uh, drama or anything like that. I know Mixed Nuts is tied to Spy Family, and I know how big that was, but. Uh, you know, subtitle is really good, and you know when I first heard it, I think I like I think I like preferred mix not silver subtitle, but I, I, every time I come back to mix or subtitle, I, I find myself liking it more and more and more. It's really good, and it really shows that official Hige Dandism, uh, when they're allowed to grow and be creative, they can really turn out some really amazing tracks and subtitle is no exception to that it's an amazing release uh and it, it is it's one of their better releases uh, in a while uh, official hige dandism is spectacular and i'm certain we'll get to see it live in a in a, uh, in a few days because I, I i imagine this is the song they're gonna do at the kohaku so yeah yeah like uh, when we when we saw the initial list, I was like, nah, subtitle is not going to be it. I personally wanted it, but everyone thought it was going to be mixed up. And then I saw how absolutely huge this drama ended up being. <laughs> yeah, and good on them. You know, I, I'm glad that they've had an amazing success and stuff like that. Hopefully they don't fall into the same trap that they... Um, that they fell into with Pretender. They did with Pretender. Yeah, that, that's my, my really only concern now. I, I, yeah. Yes, yes. You know, the thing is, when we initially covered them, they were trying to do that clout chase. And because of the fact... Remember, when I Love first appeared, way back in... I believe it was 2020. I believe it was 2020 when it first initially got released here. They did not do another song like that till, till, till subtitle. They they did a bunch of interesting style of pop pop rock songs they did they did mixed nuts they did what what was the other song that the different anime I'm, I'm forgetting on the top of my list here spy times family no it was tokyo well, revenger I, I, that opening crybaby oh yeah crybaby there we go yeah i was thinking of the song not thinking of the anime <laughs> but overall you know i they they dabbled with that with both Crybaby and Mixed Nuts because tonally they're much different. They're so different from each other and they're much different from their traditional love pop rock songs like Subtitle and I Love. But it's so good to hear that they grew out of that. Now I hope that they are able to just continue on with that and to their own sound of their own rhythm here and not fall into that trap again. Yeah, so I also enjoyed i enjoyed sub subtitle way more than i thought i would and which is a good thing i feel like i also love crybaby and i'm glad official hige hasn't fallen back in the pretender trap even though i still really like pretender i'm just gonna admit that 
I mean, we we love Pretender. We loved it. It's just that the songs after that, they ended up really trying to be like, yeah, we're going to copy Pretenders again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I'm glad that lately they haven't done that, that they've delivered different types of tracks. And I feel like Subtitle is a very solid one. I think their vocals are great, the composition. And I... I just love that it felt like something newer and fresh. And especially since I've been really, I've been slowly going back into official Hige with Mixed Nuts and Cry Baby, you know, just a few here and there. But I do think Subtitle is one of the best ones they've released this year so far. I, I, I'm surprised I didn't listen to it sooner, but I think that stigmatism is still there for them for me and so i completely understand you know so it's a little (laughs) bit harder to you know think oh my god are they gonna go back into it but i when i heard something i'm like this is really good maybe i really should start giving them more of a chance because i think they've really proven them this year that they've changed it up yeah with that you know let's continue on to our top song here and this is our probably our song of the years for all of us here and you know one way or another all these songs have met something special to us but regardless what the other two have to say about our songs and I'm very thankful for all these artists that were able to sing these songs so let's go into our top song here and why don't you go into our first one here Grant yeah so this was uh, I, I this is one of the songs uh, I I knew it would be my song of the year. Uh, the moment I heard it, I, I oh my god, I, I fell in love with this song. I, I've easily listened to this song more than any song of the year. Just it's one of those songs. Every time I hear it, I just love it more and more. Uh, and that's "Last Dance Knee Bye Bye" by Ballistic Boys from Exile Tribe. Uh, I've man, they've really just grown uh, into themselves over the past couple of years. Uh, and to me, it's really culminated in Last Dance Knee Bye Bye. I mean, that whole release is fantastic. Milk and Coffee's just as good. Uh, but just some something about Last Dance Knee Bye Bye just always captivated me. I love the melody that this song has. Again, it's one of these like fun dance numbers, uh, but it's really just done at such a very interesting tempo. Uh, it really just made it stand out to me. And I, this song, it, it oozes like that cool factor. Uh, it, it's hard for me to put into words, but when, like when you hear it, you're like, ooh, yes, you know, like I, I feel cool when I listen to it. Uh, I love this so much. I think the Ballistic Boys vocals in this is spectacular. And they've really shown, you know, I know they were created to be the rap group, uh, but their best song has little to no rapping in it. And because they are an amazing vocal group. And when they lean into it and you hear it, it's just so good. I mean, they're great rappers too. But, I mean, they've really moved into like this space and, and like they've really shown like how much they've grown over the past couple of years uh, as a unit and i mean it, the the all the exiled tribe members uh have really been doing a lot of interesting work lately including the rampage you know they they've really had an interesting year as well but 
Last Dance Knee Bye Bye is just the pinnacle. Uh, not to me, not just the Ballistic Boys, but all the Exile Tribe groups. I, I think this is easily like the best song that, that that the whole Exile Tribe came out with this year. It's just so good. Uh, I listen to it on repeat all the time. Uh, it's just something that's always with me. Uh, I really love this. And it's one of those songs that, you know, if I want to pick up my pace a little bit at work, I'll put on Last Dancing Bye Bye. And I just, I just move a little faster, you know. And it just perks up my spirit. I love it so much. I, I like I said, I knew the moment I heard it, this, this would be it. I mean, there's always, I always leave room for obviously something better could come along. But you know, when I heard Last Anthony Bye Bye, the bar was set so high, I just didn't think anybody would beat it. Uh, and and it was, it just never came to be. So I, I did. I, I liked Last Anthony Bye Bye. I think it's an amazing, amazing release, and I am glad to see the Ballistic Boys just really killing it for 2022. I am eagerly anticipating what they do next, and I am excited. I cannot wait to see what they do next. There's just such a great release. So, yeah, I I actually am glad I went back and listened to Last Dance D Bye Bye. I don't remember my full initial thoughts, but I didn't hit the plus sign on it, which meant I was more than likely on the fence. But going back and listening to it, I really did like it. It, it's interesting to see them do slow it down a little bit because, you know, you know them as this more hip-hop, rappy-type group. I think their vocals were good. And even though it, you know, it was still a dance number, but it was still a little bit slower. So I like that vibe from them. And it, it surprised me pleasantly. I, I'm still kind of on the fence about hitting the plus sign because I haven't fully done that but going back and listening to it I can easily see why this was your top song and it did make a second impression of me of greatly enjoying it because I thought wow this was a lot better than I remember how did I skip over this I do like the style that you know they were trying to do in it so I would like to see them do some more heavier vocal work in the future yeah, no, you put the nail on the head there, Luna, and I think a lot of the a lot of the criticisms that I have with the Exile Tribes, just in general, the 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 boys from there, is that is it, it's the same thing that I have with with K-pop. They 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 always have this flair and substance, but nothing nothing there to really hold on, and you know. Last Dance Knee Bye Bye really shows that they could do a little bit more with that. More more relying on their vocals. And it shows that, you know, as much as the Sandame Jeso brothers, you know, their older brother group, are fairly similar in that dance style, one of the things that I've always held high pressure to them, uh, comparatively to the tribes, is that they have really good vocal range. And now this year proves that more than ever that they are trying to step their game up to the point that, you know, I don't think we're going to hear much from John, the Sandame Jaso brothers, but we're going to hear a whole lot of more from the XL tribes. And if, if it's anything like how they did 
for the last dancing bye-bye. I am just going to be floored once again. Yeah, like like you said, they, I mean, they've really stepped up the game this year. Uh, I mean, it, it's been a banner year for the Exile Tribe, it's, uh, at least the juniors. And it, it's been uh, just a really good year for uh, all of them. And it's been nice to see them kind of focus more on the vocals and stuff. I, I'm only a little worried because I, I know LDH, like they'll pro- and I mean, you know, they can do dance pretty good so you know i'm not too too worried but you know i am like like i want them to stay kind of not where they're at per se but like like i just really like this more vocal intensive stuff that they've been doing as of late and i'm worried that they'll, they'll go back to rapping at some point and like i said they're great rappers don't get me wrong but i mean they have such good vocals that when you when you're turning out something you know less than this i think you're wasting your talent because uh, i mean this is so good and, and it's just like the it's nice to have like a dance song that is vocal intensive it's not something you hear all the time it's something that's like usually like when it's a dance number uh art like the boy groups tend to lean on the melody and just let the music do all the heavy lifting for them uh, but I, I don't feel that way about Last Dance Need Bye Bye. I really feel like, you know, they let, I mean, the music does a lot of the heavy lifting, but they, I think their vocals match it in a lot of ways. And it really is an equal, the, it, it equals out and it does, it becomes this really good dance number uh, with amazing vocals. So it's just been like like i said it's just like when i heard it i knew it was just like that's going to be a tough bar to beat because it's so good and i'm i'm glad you guys liked it and and have kind of noticed the the growth of the exile tribes because i i i had i wasn't i had a, i was wondering if i was like the only one but i i know ken's a sharper ear than me so i was like he's probably onto it too um, but yeah, it, it's nice to see them growing and it'll, it'll be, I'm eager to see where 2023 takes them. Yeah. With that, let's continue on to your top song here, Luna. So my top song is Itsumare Mo by Thelma Aoyama featuring Soulja. And as soon as I heard this, I knew this is going to be my top song. And the main reason is... Those of you who don't know who Thelma Aoyama is, she's been in the industry for quite some time and made her debut on a Soulja track called Kokoni Iru Yo featuring Thelma Aoyama. And then she did an answer song called Sobani Irune featuring Soulja. So Itsumare Mo feels like the third song in it. And it fits perfectly. It's like the perfect trilogy you have, just like the original Star Wars is the perfect trilogy. And that's really how I feel about Itsumare Mo. I mean, this is probably one of Thelma's best songs. I don't know. I, I'm still debating on how I'd rank them. I want to say Sobani Irune is probably one of my, my personal favorites. But vocal-wise, you can hear how much Thelma progressed over all these years and the experience she's gained. Especially with all the different styles she's jumped into from album to album. I feel like Itsumare Mo went back to her roots of R&B, 
But it also, listening to the composition, it also had that modernization in it with what R&B hip-hop is now. It's a beautiful, chill track. I love the melody. Thelma's vocals are perfect. You can tell she has tuned her vocals over all these years. And it really shows in Itsumare Mo. And I love hearing that, going back and listening to her uh, her first album, Diary, and then just going in order and seeing how she's progressed. And then when you hear Itsumare Mo and just how she's fine-tuned everything just amazes me, which makes it feel like it is one of her best songs, vocal-wise, ballad-wise. And I know she made my list last year with one of her ballads, because Thelma's ballads always pull at my heartstrings. She is great as using at using her vocals to deliver a ballad. And I love that she can display that without without a doubt stay with me is the one that made it last year and even though i i call that a solid ballad i think itsumare mo featuring soldier is better vocal wise and soldier's performance also i feel has i i loved him in all the other ones he's done but i felt like this was so befitting just his rap and even some of the vocals he had in itsumare mo fit perfect with the composition and their collaboration together and just how they work together fits and that's one of the things I love when Thelma collaborates with a lot of the artists she's done past works with and Soulja is probably one of the ones just their voices match up perfectly and she knows how to bring out the best in other artists and Soulja Soulja and I think that's what makes them a great they're both great collaboration artists in that fact and Itsumare Mo easily made my my number one upon the first listen is I just could not get enough of this track how beautiful it was just listening to just being a fan of her for all these years hearing the progression and I I'm looking forward to seeing what she'll do in the future yeah no honestly when when I think of, when I think of Thelma, you know, when I think of Thelma Aoyama, I, I had this particular image of her, and to be honest, Itsumademo really broke that for me, and I ended up loving every minute of it, you know, I, I know Gray might mention the music video, <laughs> but music video aside, because that was very interesting in and of itself, but music video aside, I ended up really loving this track. And, you know, I I had a little bit apprehensive when I heard Soldier because I know of Soldier from prior, prior songs, and it meshes very well with the, the style that that Thelma's doing here and I ended up really liking his part in this so I'm very thankful that you know to hear this track again yeah this was a really good track and you know I know Luna is a big Thelma fan and you know we've we talked about her many times and uh you know i will say this was an amazing uh release definitely a standout for her uh i i love this i thought the vocals in it was really good 
And I thought Soldier did a fantastic job. I think his vocal work in this song is really good. I know he's a rapper, and that's mostly what he's known for. But he's got a small part that he kind of sings in this, and it works. It works really well. I think you know it sounds really good. And yeah, I did watch the music video. It's, it's inter- she's got some interesting outfits in this in this one. But other than that, you know, it's a. It's 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 very convenient. Yeah, yeah, because uh, like um, she's wearing this one outfit that looks like a knapsack on her back. It's really weird. But uh, soldier, it's to keep warm. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's a vest, so there's no sleeves, so that it's like, eh. like my arms get cold too. Well, <laughs> but yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Th- this is a th- this is a great release, music video aside. Uh, th- this is a really good release that I, I just absolutely enjoyed, and I-, I I wasn't I didn't know what to expect when uh, I was clicked on it, but I'm so glad you know you picked this one because it-, it was a treat to listen to, and I had a ton of fun with it. Well, I'm glad you both enjoyed it. And Ken, I'm surprised you hadn't heard her other two songs before since she'd been around for a while. So I'm a little shocked you hadn't heard Sobani Irune or Kokuni Iruyo. Well, I mean, for me, it's 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 that stigma because I knew of what she has done prior. So I'm just like, mm, yeah, I'm not too sure about this. <laughs> oh, you probably mean that, when when it. she did her weird fashion, her odd fashion days, like yes, yes, because yes, yes, yes. she's gone through some weird <laughs> styles. If you listen to pre that her debut, full R and B, completely different style. It's shocking to watch her progression, but I get that stigma because of when you see her a lot of her fashion styles and i'm trying to remember which album was from a couple years ago it was very very interesting and i do like that she dives into that but i feel like this brought her back to her roots of where i originally heard her and one of the reasons i fell in love with her But yeah, with that, let's continue on to my number one song here, and it is Shock by Sakana Action. Now, personally, I knew that upon first listen that this song was going to be in my top five. It just was a matter of where and what position it was going to be in. Ultimately, subtitle was very, very close. Even though it was very, very recent, it was very close on toppling that. And one of the things that I absolutely love about what Sakana Action has been doing as of late is they're recently been mixing this modern style of city pop music, and Shock is the bread and butter of that. You know, the composition alone is something else to talk about. I could go on for a while about that. It just has that jazzercise style of 80s feels in it, and you know, the, while the lyrics of it might not be anything too meaningful, it really adds that style that Sakana Action has been trying to perfect. And honestly, if you guys listen to it, you'll be thinking what in the world are bongos doing throughout this track. And it just really caught me and won me over. And my overall enjoyment of this song was one on that. Well, I did love their concept album, Adept, that was also released back in March. 
I'm really looking forward to a more traditional album from them in the future. Yeah, no, uh, Sakana Action is a group that I, I know we've talked about. I've heard them mentioned and stuff. I, I'm I'm loosely familiar with them, but I, I don't think I've ever listened to any of their music. So this is a first for me. And I, I gotta say, I, I really enjoyed Shock. I thought it was really good. Uh, this really stood out to me. It's a quite a bit different than you know t- typically what I listen to and stuff, but. I really enjoyed it. I love the style that this song has. There, there's really this, like it. There's a chaoticness to the composition, and usually when I say a composition is chaotic, I mean that as like a negative thing. But it's a really positive thing here. It like they made it work. It, it just it sounds so cool to listen to, and the bongos really just really helped add to like that kineticness that the song has uh, i really really enjoyed this overall i loved the just the style and feel of this uh, it's a fun track and i can definitely see why you picked it ken uh it is a really good song i also like the brass instruments in this song they stood out to me and it gives it that little extra flair to it so uh, i thought this was a fantastic release overall and uh, i think this is an amazing song so i also enjoyed shock by sakana action and this is a group that what i've listened to which hasn't been too much it's been hit or miss it's been a little more hit but i honestly loved the brass instruments and shock and upon first listen and by I mean upon that right that opening you it just has such a great intro that i was immediately drawn in and i'm like okay i really like this because it gives me a jazz feel and i was very pleasantly surprised by shock and it made me want to check out more of sakana action as well and i really want to check out like the the whole full the full album because shock just shocked me i I kind of went into it thinking I wouldn't care for it and I came out the opposite and I honestly think the vocals fit very well with the style and just the music there was just so much going on in it but it worked so well and I just loved the composition and that that's what really did it for me there was just so much perfection in it and it was just an enjoyment to listen to. Yeah, and you know, that's one of the things that I absolutely love about Sakana Action because of the fact that, you know, you know, Ichiro Yamaguchi, who's the lead singer and the composer for a, a lot of their songs, he is a perfectionist. And you can see that where, you know, Sakana Action could go years without releasing a song but when they do they make sure that it's 100% perfect and it actually matches what they're trying to do and shock is an evident of that and I absolutely love it and I'm, I'm very happy that you guys really liked it as well yeah I had a ton of fun with shock uh, with and Sakuna action it, it, it was a blast I did as well. I I had a lot of fun, and it gave me a lot of good energy with it and enjoyment. Yeah, no, and then I know you don't watch the music videos overall, Luna, 
but you should watch the music video for this one. I mean, even if you looked it up on Apple Music, you might have saw that, you know, Kusaka Shimada is on the cover of this single. <laughs> and he is a huge... If, if you're talking about dr movies and dramas, he's the guy that they usually go to for, like, Yakuza and, like, cop drama shows. I mean, hell, he was even in Shin Godzilla. <laughs> Alright, with that, now that we have did our songs of the years, let's go with our new artists of the year. Now, to preference, this is an artist that we have discovered this year that we ended up absolutely loving. So, with that, let's start with you, Gray. First of all, who was your your runner-up? And then go right into your artist of the year. Yeah, so my runner-up is an artist that, you know made it to my number two on my songs of the year because I just, I, I love what they did so much. And that was piping hot. And I, I really wanted to give the spot to piping hot. Uh, Cause I thought they had such a strong debut, but at, at the end of the day, they only had one release and uh, I didn't feel comfortable giving piping hot the, that title just because they only had one release. And I felt like they needed at least two in order for them to be my new artist of the year. Uh, so I went with Octopath, and I, I thought this was smart because they really had a stellar and standout year for 2022. Uh, I really enjoyed their work over the past year. Uh, so, uh, like, um, Perfect was my number five song of the year, um, but like we talked about, like uh it was also just a lot of fun really good uh they've i think they've had like three releases i could be wrong but they've all done pretty well on the oricon um they're st starting to really come out and really be a strong boy group uh in the end and for that i i'm just really excited to see what they do next uh they've really had a good run out of the gate uh, I would like for their fourth release to kind of mix it up a bit. They've all kind of done like dance tunes and stuff like that. Uh, high energy numbers. I'd like to see them mix it up a little bit more and maybe do like a ballad or something uh, to see what they're really capable of. But um, for what they have, I, I, I've really enjoyed it. I, I think they've had a standout year overall. Uh, and I've, I've really grown to like them more and more with each release. Uh, so I, I am eager to see what Octopath does next. Uh, and uh, for me, this was a pretty easy pick. Like I said, uh, the only other contender was Piping Hot, but I felt like uh, with one release, it just wasn't enough. So Octopath took in my new artist of the year, and it was just um, exciting to see these guys uh, break out. And I'm eager to see what they do. And what about you, Luna? Who was your new artist of the year's? So I don't know if my runner-up really counts now that I realized it. My runner-up was Anataki Uchi, but then the more I think about it, I actually discovered her last year and used her as my MC this year. So let's just throw that out, out the year and I'll uh, <laughs> give my artist of the year. Or not my artist of the year. Oh, Lord, don't listen. My new artist of the year. New artist of the year. So I went with Grace Imey. And despite her not having a song in 2022 for to make it on my list, she is a relatively new artist. She actually made her debut in 2021, but I discovered her in 2022 due to a friend introducing me to her music. 
and I I greatly enjoyed her track Karaoke Queen. So all her music is pretty much in English. So she's from Okinawa. And I love the style of her music because, yes, it is more modern. So it's it's very, I'm trying to think of how to say it. It's very Americanized and you can definitely hear that. But at the same time, she also brings this Eastern feel to it. And I like the lyrics for it. I think they're really fun. I It reminds me of the aughts 2000s pop. A lot of them, a lot of her tracks have this funky, fresh vibe to it. And she is one that I've been keeping an eye out for ever since I was introduced to her. And I, I've been, she's done a few collaborations this year. She dabbles in some electronic music as well. And I'm really hoping she will have some new stuff because it looks like she is working on things. In 2023, she does write all her own lyrics. And following on her on Instagram, she seems like a really fun person. And I've enjoyed her throughout the year and her songs. And she was one of those discoveries that I never would have found her if it weren't for someone saying, hey, check this artist out you might this might be your vibe and i've enjoyed what she's brought to the table and i'm looking forward to more yeah for my new artists of the year uh, you know i had a runner-up and it had to be Udoashi. Udoashi was something that was a storm when i first found out about them and i ended up loving every little bit about it but it wasn't until I had found my tr- my actual new artist of the year that I had to put them second, and that would have to be Nishina. Now, not to beat the dead horse here by having two unique female vocalists as my new artist of the year, but it would have to be Nishina, you know? And it really started this trend of me that started with the later part of Music Corner this year where I just ended up coming back to female vocalists. And, you know, her music is, you know, it's calm, yet it has this mysterious madness that's just hidden throughout. And it's one of the things I absolutely love about her. You know, Nishina has this really soft, but shows this addictive like vocals that she has that can just ha- capture anyone. And one of the reasons why I first fell in love with her in the first place, you know, like I said in my music corner roundup, she can really mix it up and take a- the listeners on a ride. And you know, her latest release as of this re- as of this you know podcast and this write up because this article will also go up by the time this episode release, Hot Milk. It was something that I didn't picture her of doing since her 1999 album and it just works because of her vocal range and all the effort that she puts into that track and it really makes me think that yeah there was no other new artist besides Nishina that I could pick and what a way for her to kind of end up and she's slowly building up her social media presence so I've every single time I've, I've came across social media stuff with her I just instantly wanted to pimp it out as much as I can but yeah, with that, let's go on to our artist of the year. Now, this is this is an artist that, you know, just meant something to us throughout the entire year of 2022. Let's start off with your runner-up and leading into your artist of the year, Gray. Uh, yeah, so I, I had quite a few artists of the year 
Um, you know, obviously, you know, like Ballistic Boys from Exile Tribe was a heavy contender in that, you know, they did drop my number one song of the year. Uh, I really liked them. I thought Seven Order, even though they were only in my honorable mentions, I, I really felt like they had a strong year. And uh, I also added Generations, even though they didn't have anything in my honorable mentions or in my top five. Uh, I still felt like Generations had a good year, you know, especially from a release standpoint. Uh, but the, the more I thought about it, the more at the end of the day, my heart really was only in one place. Uh, and that was with Bish. So Bish is my artist of the year. And uh, I the reason why is they, they've had an amazing year. Now, obviously, I only had like the one song in my honorable mentions, but they had a ton of really good releases over over the year. Uh, you know, they were, they've been doing that buildups to their final release uh, they dropped, uh, which was this past December with an album. I think they've extended the life of the group, so they're going to disband officially in June now instead of the end of the year. But I, I imagine they're just going to be doing tours and stuff like that. I think releases are done. So, uh, you know, as far as like new songs and stuff like that, Bish is officially done. And it, it's kind of bittersweet, really, because, you know, they really went out on, you know, putting out, I think, some of their best work. And to see them finish not only the year strong, but, you know, their career this strong has really meant a lot to me because, you know, on the show, you know, we talk about groups who are well past their prime. Uh, and, you know, to see a group like Bish decide to go out on their terms and not just overstay their welcome like like the, I, I really respect that and appreciate that and and while i'm sad to see them go I, i'm really glad to have spent the time with them that i've spent and bish will always have a special place in my heart uh and i i thought this was a really great year for bish uh and i am very eager to see what the you know uh what the girls do next uh, the individual members, obviously the group's done, but, uh, I, I do wish them the best, uh, and that I hope that all the members have fruitful careers because, uh, there's a lot of talent in that group and they really displayed it this past year and I'm sad to see them go, but, uh, you know, like I said, they're going out on their terms and they went out, they left it out. They left everything on the field and they they're not going to have any doubts uh, for the rest of their life. Like they gave it everything they have, and they showed it. So uh, for me, my artist of the year is Bish, uh, and uh, it's just been a wonderful, amazing year to see these girls bloom. One one pinup from Bish here is so so they're they're done with their releases i don't think they're going to release anything more but they are their final performance is going to be in june at budokan and if you know anything about the idol life for budokan that is the the mount everest for all idols if you are an idol your main goal in life in your career is to go to budokan and Bish, well, they announced a couple days ago, but as of recording, 
they announced that they are going to end their career at Budokan. And I think this is their second time going. So, you know, this is their way of bowing out. And that that is a really good way to bow out there. Uh, I know that we, we shouldn't last linger on this all too much, but I had to put that out there because I don't want you to think that they're done by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember you you saying something in passing that they had that uh, they had extended it to June, but I didn't know they were playing at Budokan, which is awesome. And I, I'm glad to hear it. You know that is, you know, if you had to pick a final performance for an idol group, I think Budokan would be it. So uh, you know they're they're gonna they're gonna finish strong, and that that's that's amazing to see. But yeah, with that, Luna, what was your artist of the year for 2022? So. This was probably the most difficult choice, and I wouldn't, it, it, me and you, Ken, kind of talked about this, because I really teetered on it. So, my runner-up, I want to mention, because I also think she had a fantastic year, and it was also a special year, so that was Boa. She did celebrate her 20th anniversary this year. And she had her 20th anniversary tour in May. She also dropped her The Greatest Best album this year. And even though that was her really only new release because she did that Best of Tour. And I'm I'm going to specify Japan new releases specifically. So this was her 20th anniversary in Japan. And this was a big deal. And I absolutely still love Boa. And I've been listening to her all year and I've been going through all her concerts again on top of it. However, there was another artist that I also had that same momentum who released way more than Boa did this year. And who I've also been re-going through all her concerts again and I constantly listen to her. And so that is Kodakumi. And she barely beat Boa out on this because I absolutely love both artists. They're pillars for me. Kodokumi had an amazing year and she also had one of my favorite songs of the year which is Wings not to mention that she released her Heart album this year which in March which is a fabulous album and I felt like it fell under the radar big time it was a great release there is a lot of, there was a most of those songs were of course from last year that were on this album and the fan club edition was phenomenally beautiful and then she also she released Wings, and on top of that, she also is a part of Common Writer, and she has the she has some of those tracks that are currently on Apple as well. And on top of that, she also did her Love and Songs tour, which is a freaking fantastic tour that is on Blu-ray, and it is beautiful. And just watching her as an artist, her tours, she has had a great year, and I. I cannot get enough of her music. And I've been going back through her discography from the beginning to her affection album to her most recent album, Heart. And just listening to how she has grown, especially when you start with affection and you get to Secret, which is her fourth album, and hearing the sound change as she goes, seeing her image change as she goes, seeing that how she grows every year as an artist and changes her image, her style, and keeps it new and fresh, but still maintaining who she is as a person and that personality. You know her by her voice. She she has a little bit raspier voice than 
than some other artists so she's easily recognizable she has so many iconic songs and i feel like to me she's really topped the year especially going through her her tours that she's done just it's mesmerizing watching her perform live and i will cry if i i will be there crying the whole time watching her perform live if i ever get that chance which god i hope i do and i i watched her trick tour earlier that was the most recent one i watched uh, a couple weeks ago just seeing everything that gets put into it the co- the the costumes, the vocals, like all the background work. I watch all the making of documentaries and I love watching her interviews and how she interacts with people, how she interacts with her dancers. And you, you I've been following her on Instagram and how she's friends with Anime Lisa and how her and her dancers, one of her dancers, go watches Anime Lisa and goes to the concerts and seeing her post with Fakie. And it's just amazing seeing her and this year has been a great year for her she also was on the fns kyosai this year too she was on both days and it's just phenomenal seeing seeing her still in 2022 and and she is my artist of the year yeah no i i would honestly if i had to choose between the both of them i would have a difficulty as well because both artists, in and of themselves, had a great 2022. And that's just not selling what, what other stuff they had in the market also. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because I wanted to only mention Boa's Japanese career because it was her 20th, but she had a Korean mini album that came out this year. And so you look at it as, as a whole, she's had a great year, but sticking to Japan, you know, she hasn't had as much. But still, she did a great job with her 20th anniversary and what she had. And, I mean, it got postponed due to the pandemic. So, but still, both artists just had phenomenal years. And I just wanted to recognize both of them for everything they've done. But, yeah, with me, um, going on to my Artist of the Year, my, my runner-up would have to be Tendre. Like, I've he's always in Artist of the Year contentions, no matter what. Mostly because of the fact of, you know... What of the stuff that he's done, like I said, without any interference from the major labels, has been phenomenal. To For him to be able to keep to himself and to what's true to his style without any label interference is absolutely fantastic. And I hope that that stigma of label interference prior to what, like, what Sony was doing for a little bit is gone now and i can kind of see that happening now with with tendre's main label debut and he's had a fantastic year for 2022 and i can't wait for more stuff by him now going to my artist of the year you know there hasn't been an artist that has filled my ears or filled my ears throughout this year in 2022 like back number and while their entire 2022 year of releases was actually fairly light, it's their whole backlog of releases that really got me. Like I said last year with my top five of 2021 with Yellow, they had this way of just being able to grab the listener into their lyrics about love, unrequited or otherwise, and just being able to dictate a mood that can be relatable. I was in a huge 
backer of Sui Heisen past year, you know, and I, originally I didn't see the appeal of it upon an initial release, and now I absolutely love it. Now you got songs like Happy End, uh, Takeneno, Hana, Kosan, Shiawase that are constantly in my rotation. And then killed me because they weren't modern enough to have that talk about them in my own Gaku Ghost throughout 2022. And, you know, these songs have lyrics that really helped me through this difficult year of 2022. And I'm absolutely looking forward to Humor, which will release in January of 2023. And I really hope that these boys have an amazing year regardless. Yeah, I, I would love to have seen more back number because it's, it was they were, it was always a treat and delight when they would pop up on the Oricon. Uh, and uh, uh, hopefully, you know, 2023, they'll be they'll have a little bit more uh, for for, you know, new releases for fans and stuff, because it'd be nice to hear more from them because uh, they are a really good band and it's always a treat to hear them. But yeah, you know, with that, I want to say thank you for, you know, joining us on 2022. You know, this has been a wild year and we are going to do a little bit of a a switch up here, mostly because by the time we end up doing the Kohaku, the Kohaku is very, very difficult for us to get in the States. And unfortunately for us to get it, we won't be able to get it and watch it entirely in time. So that episode will actually be on the week of the 12th i'm not too sure when that will happen but it'll be on the the week of the 12th guarantee you that but in the meantime it will have our predictions episode next year so be on the lookout for that because i love doing our prediction episodes it's so much fun but with that, I want to say thank you so much for listening to us. You can follow us on all social media platforms at OngakuDU. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram as well. And the lovely thing of the site at OngakuDU.com. You can also follow our affiliates. Cordy Hunter, who is a retro streamer, you can follow him at twitch.tv slash Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out our affiliate TimberTaff, who is a variety streamer in and of himself. And you can check it out at twitch.tv slash TimberTaff, T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out your sister, Luna Rose, who probably had her first sponsored stream so congratulations to her you can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty r-a-i-n-s-c-a-r-k-i-t-t-y you can also check out fangirl has no name who is our resident author on podosaurus which is our gaming thing but you can check out fangirl has no name at twitch.tv slash fangirl has no name f-a-n-g-i-r-l-h-l-s-n-a-n-a-m-e you can also check out the gaming podcast where me Kill Fangirl and Timber talk about the gaming news called Podosaurus. This week, we talked about all the wonderful things of the year end. We talked about the game awards. We talked about Death Stranding and how I think Death Stranding 2 is probably going to be really, really good. But yeah, you can check it out at Looking Up Curry Hunter on all, same as his Twitch channel, on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me on Twitter at OTYKN1 where I talk about Bang Dream and I about Robo Koha Robo and Joshi Pro Wrestling. Where can we find a find you luna 
You can find me on several of the social medias, such as the Twitter, My Anime List, Anime Planet, Kitsu, and Letterboxd as Luna Maria 87, L U N A M A R I A 87. And you can find me as Nerdy Collector Luna on Instagram. And where I t- you can follow me and I talk about what I'm watching, what I'm listening to. You can see all the crazy stuff I bought and photos and videos of my insane cats who've been making obnoxious noises while you've been recording. And where can we find you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter at OngakuGray where I tweet about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. So if you're interested in what I'm up to, just follow me there. But yeah, I want to say thank you for listening to the extra long episode of Ungakudu and see you next year in 2023. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's extra long episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And we will catch you next year. Hope you had a wonderful new year. Ja matane. And this is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. It's been a lovely 2022. And we'll be right back here for 2023. Bye-bye.